What's up, everyone? It's Game Face episode 112 on Sifted Games, our last regular episode of the year. Mm. Can't believe the year's over, man. Holy cow, has it been a crazy roller coaster ride over the last I can't 12 months? It's over. It feels like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think about all the stuff I've done to try to keep Sifted going in the last 12 months. It's like mind blowing how many pivots we've done. But here we are. We've made it through the entire year, and a lot of that is thanks to you guys. And right off the top of the show, I want to mention. Uh, Patreon has undergone some changes, um, and some people have been asking me to kind of comment on my perspective on the changes that it's made. Uh, first of all, basically what Patreon has done is it has passed on the transaction fees to patrons. In the past, you would pledge a dollar, and, uh, and the, the, the creators would lose the fees. So say they charge $0.35 cents per transaction. I would lose that 35 cents. What Patreon is doing now is it's charging that 35 cents to the patrons. Um, so they're paying a dollar 35 now instead? To give a dollar, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, it's not that big of a deal for people who are contributing more than a dollar. Uh, but for people who are only contributing a dollar, it's a pretty big deal because it's like a 30% increase over what they were giving the before. 35%. Just, right. Yeah. To just give a dollar. And um, so we have seen actually already some fall off from our $1 patrons. Um, people have been asking me kind of what's my take on it. Well, the first thing I want to say is that Patreon did not reach out to the creators at all for any kind of input. And we we're pretty lucky. We have what's called like a Patreon ambassador. We have a person who is a Patreon just for us, who we can send out emails to and ask questions from. And I have a pretty good relationship with our ambassador, and I never got an email from her or anything about this. It just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, so they didn't ask the creators. And I think if you ask any creator on Patreon what they would want, they would want to absorb the fees. I'm, you know, we've only been on for a couple months, but already... You create a barrier of entry to someone thinking about giving you money. Yeah, I mean, I'm already used to losing that money. And it's kind of the way the system's been all along. And I think one of the things, too, is that... Um, once you set something up a certain way and then you change it, there's always going to be brushback. Yeah, and it's probably not a coincidence that this came on the heels of uh, the valuation of Patreon at a half a billion dollars. Yeah. So off of it, so I think they make like eight million a year. Yeah. Which, but somehow they're worth that much. Yeah, I don't know where that valuation comes from, but it comes from Silicon Valley, my friend. <laughs> Where things are worth what you want them to be. Yeah, I guess so. Until um, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I do want you guys to know that. I want to go on the record as saying I do not support this. I'm not a fan of you guys having to pay the Patreon fees. I'm sorry. Uh, they, like I said, they didn't ask us for any input on this, and I apologize. Um, and I understand if maybe some of the people who are uh, paying the lower amounts want to drop. There's really nothing I can do about it. I did send an email to our ambassador and complained about it, um, but I think that's pretty much all I can do. I've not heard back from her, and we have lost. Uh, value on our Patreon total just since this was announced. So it is what it is. I try to not get stressed out over things I have no control over. And sadly, even though I'm you know a company working with Patreon, I really have no control over this at all. I'm hoping that as time goes and people get used to the new practices that maybe people will come back. I mean, it is 30 cents ultimately. Um, I think for the smaller patrons, people aren't giving a lot. It seems like a lot because they're like, oh my gosh, I was giving a dollar. Now I have to give way more than I was giving. Relatively speaking, is it really all that much? I don't know. We'll see. 
Um, I'm assuming Patreon ran the data on this. Again, I don't know. Because they didn't even send out an email to us telling of, telling us of the change. Yeah, it just happened. Yeah. They never sent out an email explaining why they did it or that it was coming. Like, literally, it just, they flipped the switch and just like that, it was, that's what was happening. So, I don't know. It's a new frontier for us, so maybe it's not as big a deal, but people who have been on Patreon now for years and years, I'm sure it's like a massive deal for them. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of Patreon accounts out there that have a ton of people who give just a dollar. And for us, I think we only have like 60 or 70 people who are just giving a dollar. So hopefully it doesn't impact us too much or anyone else for that matter. Hopefully people will kind of get over the hump with it and they'll be... uh, They'll be cool with it. So uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is this week, Sifted passed the 50,000 pieces of curated content barrier. 50,000 pieces of content right now are being sifted on Sifted every time you open up your Sift. Uh, that is a testament to the back end that Brent Phillips built for the site. Uh, it does it has a buckled and it's still going mm-hmm. with 50K. It's pretty impressive what the site is doing on the back end taking all that information. It's not just that there's 50 pieces of content. It's that for each piece of content, there's like 20 tags that are all feeding into a database and working with the algorithm. It's pretty amazing, but a huge milestone for us. Uh, So it took us about two and a half years to get to 50,000 pieces of content. A human being added every single one of those. Hmm. A human being went in, looked at that content, wrote a blurb, tagged it all, uh, rated it, and posted it to the site. So I'm really, really proud that we've made it to 50,000. I didn't know if we'd ever make it, particularly earlier this year with everything that was going on with the site. So thank you guys once again as our patrons and our supporters and our subscribers on Sifted. Uh, We appreciate it so much. But with that, it's time to get on with the show. So our first topic this week is PSX. And one of the Patreon rewards on our Patreon is a reward called Game Face Guest. And to become a Game Face guest, you have to give $100 or more per month. So it's one of our very highest tiers. And we appreciate those people very, very much who contribute that amount. Uh, We've had a Game Face guest before. They didn't want to come on the show live. They just gave us a question to answer. Mm -hmm. But this week, we do have, live via Skype, one of our patrons who is here to talk about PSX. It's Jesper. Jesper is going to give us about five minutes of his take on PSX. And then Matt and I are going to pick up the conversation based upon some of the stuff that he said. So, Jesper, go for it, brother. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Matt. Uh, hello, Sifters. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Um, sincerely, thank you for being on the show. I'm uh, deeply honored. Uh, so, I watched uh, PSX through the archive this morning. And uh, my thoughts comes from the perspective of a PC gamer, primarily. So, take that in consideration. So uh, the first thing that struck me was that it was a really casual setting. It was, uh, wasn't what I expected. Maybe I hadn't kept in the loop of, uh, of uh, what uh, I should be expecting, but yeah. Uh, and the first, the first thing that uh, made me, took my notice was the Wipeout VR segment which I thought, well, that's a vomit comet. Would like to try, try it out, but don't have any PlayStation VR, unfortunately. And then um, uh, Corey Balrog and God of War 4, which uh, was a really interesting tidbit. Um, the most surprising thing is that it's, the game is about 25 to 30 hours long, so that looks to be a treat. 
Because even though I'm a PC gamer, I have played God of War 1, 2, and 3, and I really liked it for their uh, mythological setting. So really looking forward to God of War 4 whenever it's released, if he can, if they can get it out. Um, then it was Detroit Become Human. And uh, while I do like the investigation part and uh, you know picking up clues and uh, looking for information, I didn't like the, the um, how should I put it? I didn't like the, the fact that they told the, the vital information for you. So for instance, in the, in the demo, there was a part where they looked at the gamepad and, or some kind of iPad or whatever, and they saw the price for a new Android model, and it said you were, uh, the Deviant was about to repl be replaced. I thought it would have been more interesting if you had to make that kind of puzzle yourself without them explicitly telling you what, uh, uh, explicitly telling you how how it worked out. So, kind of more mysteries and uh, make you figure things out. Uh, then I like dreams. Uh, it was a long time we saw that and. Um, it looked kind of shoddy in the back. I thought it looked kind of janky, but now I'm really excited for it. It looked really, really good and really professional. And kind of the, the, the imagination you can kind of produce with it is just going to be stellar. I might actually going to pick that up just to experience all the crazy, innovative, uh, creative ways people will express themselves. Uh, and then uh, obviously it was the Death Stranding and the thing that uh, uh, I picked out of that was that when Mark Cerny said that you start to understand it after playing it for, uh, for four to five hours, which to me says that the game must be uh, quite, uh, pretty, quite long in development since you can obviously play it to get some understanding of it. So maybe it's not that far off as we might expect. Uh, I always thought it would be like a 2020 game, but might be a 2019 game instead. Uh, in conclusion, I would say that, uh, well, you can't have a Sony production without uh, some technical difficulties. There was some uh, kind of uh, out-of-focus cameras and whatnot, and uh, there was a lot of strange silence, and yeah. And I would finish on... And this is kind of a, maybe I'm making a, a mountain of a molehill, but the fact that they kept uh, saying to Cora Balrog, go back and work on your game. I mean, it was on the evening and uh, yeah, man, the man has to have a life. The game, the game, we can wait. So that's all my uh, thoughts on PSX. Back to you, Matt and Shane. Thank you. Wow. Thanks, Jesper. That was amazing, man. You really kind of summed up the whole thing. Um, Matt, he was saying Death Stranding in 2019. Do you think that's possible? No. No? <laughs> you know, they've said it's like 20% complete. Uh, for Kojima, that might as well mean you're on the moon at yeah. this point. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll get to Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah. Got, we'll we'll talk got, about that in a bit. It's, I think you have it slotted under the, the Game Awards section of the show. Yeah. But, uh, you know... It's, uh, they may just watch that thing twice, but if you watch Game Awards and this, they ran the same trailer. Um, 
It's nice to see Kojima there with with everybody. But uh, and I agree. In his it, little get up, he had like yeah, the little, little robot, like, flat, whatever like, that thing is. It's like a it looks like a warning system for whatever those invisible things, things are. are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I agree that like them telling Corey to go back and work on the game was like felt a little weird. Like, I mean, first let's just kind of talk about PSX baseline. Yeah. Did it meet your expectations? Because to me, ba- I know there were they had, Sony had kind of put out there, hey, this isn't really a press conference, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Even knowing that, it was still pretty disappointing to me. I well, mean, there was really... It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I like, mean, I expected 100%. more. I mean, and especially I once it started. Expe- I didn't necessarily expect Greg Miller lambasting shoe on a couch, but like... Um, well, I, I stopped watching once the proper thing ended. Okay, well, they did, a, they did a demo of Concrete Genie and, and some stuff. It was pretty cool, but like... Um, no, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know, we're going to go a little, little bit of Dreams footage. We're going to talk about the games that are already announced. Maybe get some day, you know, not actual day and date, but we got like, you know, Shu said uh, Days Gone is 2018, um, which I think is the first time we've even got a year out of that thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know, like, like just, just, they'd blown their wad in, uh, in Paris to try to head off the Xbox One X at the pass. And so... This is and again, like this is not really the centerpiece of the of PSX. PSX is for going, being on the floor and seeing stuff, playing the games, really. playing the games, climbing the, the Colossus statue and stabbing yeah. it, and doing all the you know running around, like you know the photo stuff at the God of War booth. That all looks really cool if you're there, which I am not, and I don't care to be really. But like, um, you know, it's it's a fan celebration, and like it's not really a place to like you know it has been. It like, has a place been. To I think that's a problem. Stuff. It set a precedent before, but they, I mean, they they told you. Yeah, Klepek told us two months ago, basically, like everything, a lot of stuff either got moved up or was already planned to be at Paris, and and this is just sort of, you know, more information, and yeah, it wasn't exactly riveting, but it was cool, it was, you know, it's nice to see the developers kind of out and hanging around and forming kind of this Avengers squad up on the up on the stage, and uh, I was happy to see Siobhan, who I know uh, from Media Molecule, she's, she's cool, and it's nice to see them finally getting to talk about that game, that game looks good. Well, it looks interesting. Like, I don't really know what I'm looking at most of the yeah, time yeah. with it, but, like, you know, if they're using the same level of, like, flexibility as the tools in Little Big Planet, then uh, it could be a pretty interesting thing. Let's run through a couple things here before we move on. Uh, Medieval was really the biggest announcement from the event. Yeah. Just... <laughs> and I say that I mean, with tongue-in-cheek because... I guess. Medieval, yeah. Medieval is never really a big game. No. I mean, I guess you, you could have been. I mean, you could have been Blasto and been less interesting. I guess, <laughs> but like, uh, I think I would rather had Glover. Remember Glover? Oh, I remember Glover. Three <laughs> D platformer. The main character is a glove. Magic glove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're remastering Medieval for PS4. I think that's kind of a oh my gosh, look what Crash Bandicoot did kind of thing. Um, where they're like, hey, mm-hmm. maybe these old properties, people have more nostalgia for them than we thought. Yeah, that's not really the one I would have picked, though. Me I would have, uh, I would have gone uh, Spyro, or um, uh, a lot of people wanted Crash Team Racing, which strikes me as crazy. But okay, uh, you know, continuing the Crash train would not necessarily be a bad decision. There's I would really think. not a great kart racing game on PS4, though. No. There's a couple decent ones, but well, that's, we're, we're still waiting for Uncharted kart racing. I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's overdue. <laughs> But, um, I think the medieval announcement, though, kind of speaks to something I've talked about on the show several times before, and that is that if you really kind of look at 
Sony's back catalog of first-party stuff from the PS1 and PS2 era, it's not amazing. No. Really, the PS3 era is where Sony really started to pour mm -hmm. resources into its first-party games for exclusives. Yeah, because before that, it was basically like a lot of the good exclusives on PlayStation 2 were because PlayStation 2 was the only game was in dominant, town. yeah. Um, and it's third-party stuff. Yeah, and like I would like to see, you know, HD remasters of the Maximo games. Yeah. But those aren't Sony produced. They're not, you yep. know, it's a Capcom. That's up to Capcom. And you just can't tell what the hell Capcom's doing anymore. So. And I think that's another reason why it may be difficult for us to ever see, like, a PS1 Mini. Because, yeah. ultimately, most of the games for that are going to have to be licensed. Because Sony mm -hmm. just didn't have a really good first-party output back right. then. And so I think that might be one roadblock for kind of a PS1 Micro yeah. or whatever. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the biggest PS1 games, I think, are... Uh not holding up so well no. anymore like no. i don't i don't know if you want really want to go back and see what those really look like yeah. anymore uh and then i you've think got, nostalgia like, clouds yeah. the memory a little bit and the in big a lot of stuff cases. i mean you know i pulled all my ps1 games out of storage now for after i moved i have room to to store them to yeah. put them on shelves and i'm I got a lot of them, and I'm looking at them, I'm just like, man, I'm looking at the backs of them, and I'm just like, that's a character. Okay, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's supposed to be Bruce Willis. Yeah. All right, sure. <laughs> you know, um, and like, you've got stuff like, you know, like, I think people would say no PS1 mini would be complete without like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And, and it's Metal not, Gear Solid. And, and Metal Gear And it's not really, you know, who knows if you can even get, get, get Konami to call, call you back. I know. You know? <laughs> They're like, oh, you want to talk about consoles? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and like, you know, Square doesn't really have a lot of incentive to re-release Final Fantasy VII again. They've already got it up I on... I mean, why would it let Sony do that when yeah. they can do it They've already itself. got it up on PSN. They've got it up on Steam. Right. I think Sony's way more interested in having like a, your, you know, the PS1 Classic section on their own systems and keeping you in that, keeping you in that, that garden, you know, rather than like by selling you a, a little mini gray box. Yep. And so, Jesper talked about Wipeout... VR, mm -hmm. called it a Vomit Comet, which for me, guaranteed Vomit Comet. Yeah, I saw some people... For like, people who can handle it, though, it may be awesome. That. I mean... Yeah, but I saw people angry about that. Why? They said that on Twitter. It's like, like, either that they thought they, either they were the ones who were going to vomit and they felt he was making fun of them, or they're like, why... Or they're VR advocates and they're like, why would you emphasize the, the main problem of VR? Uh, by saying that, and I'm just like, man, everybody know, knows. Yeah, everybody. A, everybody knows. And man, I know people who get dizzy playing Wipeout on a normal screen. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> in 2D. He's not wrong. Like, yeah. you should be happy that they didn't decide that was a reason not to make it. Yeah, you're right. It's a free update too for yeah. if you already own it. I'll never so. be able to play it. I'm happy for people who will be able to play I'm, it. I'll, I think I'll it will it. be absolutely incredible. I think once again, you know, uh, PlayStation VR really is showing that it has the most interesting library. Oh yeah. Upcom especially upcoming. Like it, it's they are making. The best games. Well, they sold. We, we, like. we found out this week it sold two million. Yeah, that's like double doing what I thought well. it sold. So it's doing pretty well. Much more than I expected. Yeah, I mean, the, for me personally, someone who does get ill from VR, uh, the last Guardian VR experience, mm -hmm. uh, was probably the biggest VR announcement for me at uh, PSX because I can't really handle movement in VR games. Uh, and you're seeing some footage here. It looks like it's pretty much one of those you just sit there and then Trico comes up and... Yeah, I think it's like that first room, basically, a little bit. Like, it's free. It's yeah. coming out December 12th. It's Sony's Christmas yeah. gift to Imagine he walks around, you probably throw barrels at him. And, you know, I mean, it, just to have Trico... Solve a minor puzzle and there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just to have Trico that close, though, in VR, yeah. that's pretty awesome. It, granted, it's... Mildly terrifying. Right, yeah. right. Granted, it's one of those things that you do once... Yeah, and then after right. that, but that kind of gives me hope that they might do something like that to go along with the Shadow of the Colossus remake. Yeah, which that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, like 
also probably nausea-inducing for a lot of people. But just to be, not as like climbing the thing would probably be a little crazy. That would be but awesome, like, dude. It'd be great. Like having that a lot would of be yeah. so awesome. But like just standing there and seeing it. Yeah, like, yeah and just looking up and being like, oh my, and getting that sense of scale mm-hmm. that you don't get in 2D. Uh, and then, you know, first of all, I think Jesper did a great job of summing up the whole thing. He mm-hmm. kind of hit all the points for us. Uh, God of War, 25 to 30 hours long. That I was surprised by that. Cause most yeah, God I of think War, I was expecting that to be like 10 hours. I mean, typically God of War games are 10 to 15, yeah. and, and even I mean, those is, are long. I mean, long. this is a different, obviously a very different thing, but like it's yeah. more of a Tomb Raider thing. But even the first Tomb Raider was like 10, 15 maximum. Yeah. And like I was, I guess I was kind of expecting them because it's their first foray into this sort of format to kind of take it easy, but they don't seem to be doing that. Yeah, I was uh, really surprised to hear that, and I agree with him too when he said that he was kind of put off by so many people going at Corey Barlog and saying, "Why, you know, go back." Even if it was kind of tongue in cheek or whatever, yeah, a little bit, but it's yeah, like things got a little combative on the stage. What happened? A where few he started times. going back and forth and was like, "Oh, well, you got seven years to make your game. I'm at like four and a half." And mm-hmm. like, go back and finish your game, Corey. Like, I just don't feel like stuff like that needs to be displayed yeah. I mean, in front I mean, of fans. Is, like, yeah, I mean, that's like a pretty common sort of industry. You know, if you're at a bar with these guys, they'll be the, the, the developers will make like make fun of each other like yeah. that, but. Uh, actually, I think my favorite uh, of all time was one of the first GDC awards I ever went to. Was uh, one of the the I think it was best game. The achievement in gameplay was presented by uh, Seamus, and um, I think it was Todd Howard. I might be wrong, but I think it was Todd Howard. And it was and it's like best achievement in gameplay goes and and Todd or whoever it was next to him opened the envelope. And goes trespasser and Seamus Blackley just gets puts him in a headlock like because he Seamus made trespasser that Jurassic Park game which right. was famously a massive bomb and right. like didn't work yeah. properly but like <laughs> it's like every once in a while you'll see people just bring up you know it's a little bit like that scene in uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob where uh, where Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are arguing and Matt, uh, ben a- and Matt Damon's like yeah and then sometimes you do reindeer games and yeah. like <laughs> But, like, if you just sort of display that, like, on stage like that, it can feel a little weird. And I, I thought I thought Greg Miller's thing got a little bit like that, too, when he's, like, confronting Shu about uh, when release dates are or when he's doing... You know, I didn't watch and I'm sure that. that was part of the plan. It was part yeah. of the show to kind of, like, show that, like, yeah, we're not... Af- like our, our head guys are not afraid to get down with it and, like, all right. that stuff. But it just sort of felt like... I don't know. That it felt w- a little script. I only watched the first part with Sean, and that felt a little mm. scripted to me. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Um, I mean, I was doing other things as well. I wasn't like just glued to the screen. You know? Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, I, I kept it on and just sort of had it there, and it was fine. It was like a nice little sort of chill out stream. But if you were expecting it to be E three part two, yeah, this was a this was a letdown. Are you surprised we got no new footage or a release date for God of War? No. Because I really thought we'd get one of those. I mean no. look if God of War is a twenty five to thirty hour game and it's coming out next year, presumably mm-hmm. in the first half of the year. They don't have they time should to... be able to show no, something. They they should be hard at work trying to finish it. They don't have time to make a little, like, demo. I like, mean, at Paris Games thing. Week, they literally showed 45 seconds of new footage. Yeah, well, they got their heads down. It's crunch time. They could have put get... something together pretty No, they couldn't. I don't... I don't I, that's, you can't spare people to, like, be doing some demo thing for this game everybody already knows and is anticipating and is coming out in a few months. Like, they have to be working on the game. Like, I, I, I understand that completely. I mean, the only thing they I guess... They could have put out another one-minute or two-minute snippet of gameplay. Very easily. That takes I mean, a lot more I mean, remember the Paris Games Week? It was just 40 seconds of the pair walking into a room, an enemy leaving the room, and then him killing three enemies. They very easily could have captured that and put it in the show. They didn't have to play it live. They could have just captured it and put it in the show. I was disappointed. I didn't expect a release date, but I definitely expected at least another snippet of gameplay. 
Instead no, of I, I figured this was all going to be working with stuff they already had. I mean, they're, I think they're lucky they even got Corey out there, and this probably only happened because uh, the game's being made, you know, six miles, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, 30 miles north. It's not that I'm worried about the this game. Is an Anaheim, the game looks right? freaking awesome. Yeah, it's in Anaheim. The game looks awesome. Like, I'm not worried about it. I would have just selfishly would have liked to have seen a little bit more yeah. of it. I didn't, expect, I didn't expect to see anything new from anything except Dreams. Yep. Because uh, we haven't seen anything from Dreams in forever. And so. that segues nicely. That's what we're going to talk about next. So, Dreams, we haven't seen it in couple of years well right? i mean they were doing they've these... mentioned it well they, they were doing live streams for a yeah. while like literally like every but everybody week. seems to have forgotten that they were so granular though it's like hey here we're going to show you we're going to spend an hour showing you how to make a hat right like that was the type of stuff they were doing on their streams so you weren't really getting you weren't seeing the whole project you couldn't mm -hmm. see the forest for the trees so to speak yeah the uh i mean we still don't really fully have a, a inner working knowledge of how this functions, but we've at least seen it work moving in, in what it is. And Siobhan uh, talked a little bit about what the campaign is. It's like three different like kind of environments. There's the noir environment and the weird like terrifying bear environment. <laughs> and the, like it, look, it's real trippy. And like I like I do like what I'm seeing in it because um, she also said you could make anything in this. Yeah. Which is, which I mean, is which was, awesome. Which was true of uh, Little Big Planet. Yeah. Well. People were making like side-scrolling shooters and racing games. I mean, you. W this looks like they've because I, you know, I know I'm an army of one on this one, but I never really liked Little Big Planet's aesthetic very much. I didn't either. Um, You're not alone. This, the, 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 <laughs> I hated the jumping mechanics more oh, than the anything. Oh, jumping though. mechanics were infuriating. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the the uh, like kind of the the the, the openness of how, of what the the look and the tone and the and the, and the type of objects you can create here in this game like are way more interesting to me uh, than what Little Big Planet did, and I'm just curious how they're going to make it all happen and gel together, and what like what what could possibly be the interface for this? How complex is this going to be? I don't know. You know. I also thought felt like the interview is not handled particularly well. Um, no, and I thought the B-roll didn't really match up to the. Like, they weren't illustrating what they were talking about with the footage, and I wondered if that was because they only have limited footage to work with, or if it was like something was messed up. Something, there's a lot of points in this, this show, especially in the early part where everybody was on the couches, uh, where it felt like there were like some kind of some technical problems or snap. Like, I mean, in addition to the kind of the, you know, the cameras out of focus or whatever. But like, it felt like there were a couple places where things sort of went off the rail a bit. I felt like she didn't have answers for some questions, or she kind of stumbled over her answers sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, the vibe I got was that she was like, I've been working on this thing for so damn long. Like, it's hard to know where to start. It really cause... was. Like, they were asking her, you know, well, what, how much flexibility does it have? Can you, can, create any, can you create anything? And she kind of said, well, you could do that in Little Big Planet, so duh, why don't you yeah. think... Like I just think maybe there's, they're a little bit defensive at this point about the game because it well, has but, been in development for well, so long. Well, also it's been like eight to nine months of people online saying like, "Oh, it's, it's canceled, dead, it's canceled." Yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's never been. It's just Sony's very patient with its first party games. Yeah, not <laughs> it really, not like, dead, only sleeping. Yeah, I gotta hand it, I gotta hand it to Sony there. So, uh, yeah, I guess overall, I don't know. I was pretty disappointed in PSX. I didn't expect it to be as good as the Game Awards, obviously, but. I thought we'd get at least a little something. I think the one nugget that we did get was a couple of friends of ours, James Milkey and Sam Kennedy, are working on a PlayStation VR game. That was shown for the first time. Mm -hmm. It was cool to see somebody that you know from the journalism side making a game and then it being shown at a big event like that. So that was cool. Uh, but I think, if look, if I had paid to go to PSX, I'd be a little disappointed. Having Kojima on stage is huge, obviously. A lot of people never have never got to see him in person, so I think mm -hmm. that probably massaged away some of the angst. But 
I don't know. If I wouldn't I, be disappointed if I'd paid to go to PSX at all, because I get to go to PSX. Like, this yeah. wasn't PSX. This was like an opening kickoff thing, and now I get to go to the floor and play all these things and climb a Colossus and put no, on I get that. Kratos face paint and shit. Like, that, that's not what you're there for. Like, this is not like the, the, the press conference at E3 was disappointing, so there's nothing to see on the floor you care about. I think people do go, though, because they want to be there when something big is announced. So they could say, I was there when... X happened or Y happened. I yeah, mean, but I feel if you're doing that for PSX, like you're missing the point. Like, but that's not true because if you look at past PSXs, something has happened at every single one of those pressers where people mm-hmm. can go back and be like, oh my gosh, I saw the first footage of Death Stranding or whatever. Um, so well, they did, really. I mean, unless they went to the Game Awards, which most of them probably didn't. Yeah. So, and maybe they didn't get to see the De- Death Stranding thing last night because they were, uh, you know, in transit to PSX. Like, I, I will say this. It looks like Sony has put even more money into the fan experience on the show floor this oh year. Oh, yeah. Definitely it's more, more elaborate than anything they've done before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, considering you're you're not just buying into a, a keynote, you're buying into a whole weekend experience on the floor. I feel like if I was going to that, I would be fine with it. Yeah. Especially because, like, you know, even if you've already seen the Death Stranding trailer, you got to see it big and you know sony's always got crazy pre- presentation and, and screens and sound and kojima, there. Was there. And kojima comes out yeah. and I, you know it's, it's a it's a cool thing it's a thing you don't get to see every day it's, I, I wouldn't be upset i mean watching it on a stream is just much less impactful for sure because we're just you know you're you're hoping to see bloodborne 2 and nothing happens you yeah know? but they told us it's okay you know and i think you know they they see the reaction i'm sure next year they'll save some stuff for next year's you know keynote and and make make good on it It'll be okay. We'll get some Shenmue HD announcement or something. You know. <laughs> Where the hell's that game, by the way? <laughs> Pro- probably in Norman Reedus' esophagus. I think, that's, I think that's where that is. Just, just, Thumbs just, up. Just, just Rio's down there. Thumbs up. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next, we're going to talk about... I don't know if it is the biggest game announcement, but I was kind of surprised that this game was not held for the Game Awards. Mega Man 11 mm-hmm. debuted this week. Um... It literally was just debuted randomly. Yeah, it just sort of showed up. A couple days before the Game Awards. So I'm I'm wondering if Jeff had worked on this and just couldn't get it, or if Capcom just went rogue and was like, ah, whatever, here we go. I don't know. Maybe maybe there wasn't room for it. That's possible. Although I would think, based upon some of the games that were at the Game Awards, this should have made the cut. Also, judging by how long the Game Awards were, it doesn't matter. Yeah. There's room room for anything. (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, what do you think of it? So a lot of people are angry that it's like polygonal, still 2D, side-scrolling. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are not happy with the art style. They wish it had just kind of stuck with the retro 8-bit style. Yeah, I'm kind of over the 8-bit style. Me like too. We, we got two games Thousand of that. Thousand percent. We got two games of that. Like, it's time to move it forward a little bit. I'm fine with this. I think it looks amazing. It looks good. Yeah, I, it looks, I mean, it looks I a hell of a lot better than Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which almost, to me, look, sound, almost feels like they, they're doing this because of that. Like, it's, like if I were them... There'd be a little bit of like they're trying to disassociate. Oh, why don't we? Why don't we just like make our own version of this and like show Let's that we show. can we can still do it even if he can't. Right. right? Yeah. Because I mean, Inafune is probably not working on this, right? No. No way. No way. Which is crazy. Now I got to be honest that uh, I was more excited about the Mega Man X collection. Yeah, that's a big I, deal. I love the X games. I think most people do. I think most people look at those as probably the. The gold star on oh, the yeah. franchise's I mean, I think Mega Man X1 is the best Mega Man game ever made. I'd agree with that, 100%. Um, but look, I have liked the last couple 2D Mega Man games. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's not that I didn't like yeah, them. Yeah, 9 but... and 10 were great. But, like, we've done it. Yeah. You know? and like I only... We've been doing yeah. it <laughs> for, like, two and a half decades. 
Uh, I think this game graphically looks awesome. I love the art style. Yeah, I, I like it. If you really pay close attention to his face, his face emotes in like all kinds of different ways while everything is going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I like how they kind of did the whole transition thing at the beginning of the trailer from mm -hmm. the old style to the new style. There's a lot of Mega Man this, this week. Is yeah. That, there was the Monster Hunter World yeah, uh, yeah. cameo he's making. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there are parts of this game a little bit kind of like how Super Mario Odyssey is, where it transforms yeah, and goes like back to that back retro forth, style like some, here and yeah, there. Some references here and there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm totally happy with this game. I don't understand what all the hate is, is over with the art style. I think it looks amazing. Uh, it's the best-looking Mega Man game ever, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's an argument to be made for, like, the clean cell animation of, like, Mega Man 8. Yeah. But um, Mega Man 8 also has the worst voice acting of one of the... Of, I mean, I don't know if you remember Mega Man 8 at all. Yeah, I do. Yeah. With Dr. Light and his yeah. weird speech impediment. <laughs> and the con everyone talking about evil energy yeah. all the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of uproar over this game. There certainly was on Sifted. Like, the comments underneath the debut trailer is probably... 75% negative, 25% mm. positive. I was one of the positives. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it seemed like most people didn't like it. I'm, I'm all over it. Coming yeah. to every platform next year. I don't think they've given a more solid date than that, though, have yeah. they? It'll, it'll be along. Yeah. And it'll be for, out for everything eventually. Yeah. I'm, 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 I mean, Mega Man X Collection is... My targets are on that. And when does that come out? I thought they said March, but March. I might be wrong. So early next year. Early next year, there's a window sitting there. Yeah. It's not like this year. No. No, where, where there was no window. <laughs> it's not like congested with a bunch of like early game of the year nominees yet. That just yet. never made it the year before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and things are sliding. Far Cry 5 slid. Yeah. Uh, Crew 2 Crew slid. Crew 2 slid to somewhere in the next fiscal year, like a, right? Yeah, yeah, like it could be up to like nine months or a year later yeah. than when it was supposed to be announced. And then Ubisoft said a game it had never even announced, no one even knows yeah. about yet, was delayed a year. A thing you don't know about? You're not getting You're not getting it. <laughs> it's so weird to say that, don't you think? I don't know if a publisher's ever done that before. Yeah, hey, know. here's this game that you know nothing about, you didn't know existed, it's not coming until... <laughs> what the hell? Sorry. That's yeah. so bizarre. <laughs> All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about the Game Awards. Hands down, the biggest story of the week. Um, we're going to start off the discussion by just talking about our general impressions. Uh, we do this every year because Matt and I have a history in television we both worked award shows. You worked G4EA for several years at mm -hmm. G4. I did G4EA with you there. Then I went on and worked on the Spike VGAs with Keeley and Spike TV for years yeah. and years. I worked with Keeley on the G4EA stuff back in the day. Did he do G4EA? Yeah, we did some G4EA stuff. We, uh, we did a, I did a post show as well where... Um, that was a great crash show. Crashing G4EA where they just basically gave me like an hour and said like, we don't know what this is, we have no budget, like just do something. So they're like, oh, did you just tell me to do whatever I wanted? Yeah. So Keely did a lunch, a bunch of, but we did a whole story where they, they were, all the hosts that weren't Adam Morgan and Kevin Ferrero were basically barred from G4EA, so they had to break in. So yeah, we had yeah. like this whole thing where they all broke in various ways. And That was the same year I did the nomination specials, I think, Yeah, right? you did the pre-show yeah. with like the bar scene and all that. Well, no, it was Race to G4. Race to G4. It was a series of like yeah. six episodes of all the hosts from G4 yeah, so they had you do that racing did, to get yeah. to G4. Yeah. I did the post one and we did like, yeah, we went crazy and we insulted William Shatner and it was... It, yeah. it was it. <laughs> Well, I remember we had Ratty Hand Puppet. Yeah, Ratty parachuted he in. Parachuted yeah. from like the top of a building. All the yeah, Bobby way Burns and the, and the camera, the camera crew guys, like spent three 
three days rigging that up from a building next door. It was like a line that went. Oh, I mean, just so a hand puppet could I, slide yeah, down it. Yeah, I mean, I just said I want them to do this, and like they like got super energized. And they were like, it's, "We're gonna make this happen." It's and great. Like, everyone yeah. was so excited to work on like a cool. I mean, it wasn't a cool effect, but it, yeah. was, it was an effect. It was something it was funny, something we didn't normally do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Keely was in. He was super game for every weird yeah. thing we wanted to do there. And uh, but we, you know, we always had that same frustration shared of, of like. You know, this, the award show is basically like celebrities accepting awards and no developers were on stage and the Black Eyed Peas spent half the time playing songs. And, like, oh, G4A was, was bad. Yeah. It, it was, was probably the worst video game award show ever. And there was nothing we could do about it. And no. in all honesty, at Spike, with the VGAs, it was kind of the same thing. Like, we had an editorial council, and I sat in all, all the meetings, and Jeff and I would go to war with Spike TV over how we thought the awards should be done, mm-hmm. and then the talent side of spike tv would come into the meeting and be like oh no no yeah. no it was, we it was funny how like no matter how much headway we made because he was also very involved when we were first going live for e3 e3 05 live we was the first time we did that and yeah we'd done like press conference stuff but we'd never done the whole show before and like he was very involved in the planning of that and, and one of the live personalities on that and no matter how much headway we made with that show and how successful it was they still wouldn't listen to us about yeah, Euphoria. Well that had that went, that continued on at Spike TV for yeah. like 7 years. So I feel your pain there but anyway. Well yeah, the Spike Show Awards really felt like Euphoria continued in yeah, a lot of ways. It evolved a little bit but not much. It yeah. still had the stupid gags and the digs at gamers and all mm-hmm. that crap. Um, so anyway, we do have a, a framework, a basis of knowledge, because we've worked on these award shows to kind of discuss, at least maybe a little bit intelligently, the Game Awards. Um, so what are your overall impressions, Matt, of the show? Um, like Overall, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a, an improvement over last year. They, they toned down the intrusive like sponsorship stuff. There was no Hydrobot. A guy in a costume thing like the the headers for the awards would have like brought you know presented by Schick or whatever which is very standard uh, yeah they had a re- fairly I mean the commercial breaks were uh, you know it was we it's weird to go to commercial break in a, in a in a stream I guess but like at least it was like on subject advertising the commercial break so I will here's one thing I do want to mention the current there were a lot of commercial breaks yeah so while the live stream was going on I created a log and all you sifters who have not gone and watched the archive yet there's a log of everything that happens in order so you can skip around and watch what you want to watch but I even logged like the commercial breaks mm-hmm. and there were a lot of commercial yeah. breaks I mean oh, this, just this, as this... much as if it had been on television maybe that's by design maybe they're hoping to re-air it on TV I don't no, know I think they just needed the sponsorship to put this thing on this is another like I like that they had an orchestra Instead of like random musical acts, for the most part. Well, they did have Phoenix. It, Phoenix, which I mean, but one is better than four. Uh, what they've done in the past. I don't understand why they felt the need to sex up the women in the orchestra. <laughs> like that is a little. That's weird. To no, me. the one ate her. Yeah, the, she, she. I'm is, surprised she has not turned into a meme already. Yeah, I don't. I, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, oh, the internet's gonna have fun with this girl. But like, it's. It's a cool idea. I like that they're playing actual game music. It was cool when they brought up... It was uh, great. I love the orchestra. They did the uh, the song from Mario Odyssey. Yep. And then they cut to the audience, which had been, all been given Mario hats, and there was this one girl with, like, like thick, like, hipster-style glasses, and she's just not going to dance for you. Like, yeah. she, I, she was my favorite thing in all the crowd Some shots. Some of the crowd shots like, were mm-hmm. pretty funny. Whoever's like, doing the B-roll of the crowd did a good job of picking out the people. Like, she's not there to have a good time for you. <laughs> it seemed you. like they like, kept was, showing the people who were, like, disgruntled in the crowd. Yeah, it was weird. Like, you, normally your front crowd is hired to be right. there. they're paid. They're, they're paid plants. to be excited. Yeah. But, like, it felt like that may not have been the case no. on this one. <laughs> yeah. 
That was funny. Uh, I thought the orchestra was amazing, was and great. I hope it comes back every year. I Conducted thought it... by the guy who uh, was the, the composer for uh, Swotor, I believe. Yeah, so. it added an air of class to the yeah. entire thing. I thought, if anything, maybe it was underused because... Yeah, you could go harder on that. It kind of opened the show, and you didn't really have an orchestral piece <laughs> until the end, and then there were two mm-hmm. right in a row. Yeah, I... I just felt like I also felt like it was better. I mean, you know, it was only a handful of years ago that they closed with an acoustic set from Imagine Dragons. So this is a yeah. way better. Oh yeah, cho- it's on topic. You know, it, For it's, sure. it doesn't. It's. I just, thought it was great, and just hearing orchestral versions of your favorite theme yeah. songs from just the game of the year, I thought was incredible. It feels like the bringing on. Even, I mean, the Phoenix thing did feel like this, where it's like it feels like you're trying to legitimize it by bringing on bands people have heard of, right. and like you don't, you shouldn't need that if the art form is really worth celebrating. In and that, they don't in that way, they, and you they don't. don't need and they it. didn't. And this orchestra is a big step in that direction. I got the feeling that this is something Jeff has wanted for a long time. Yeah. So uh, this was a very positive step. I, th- I thought it felt uh, much more uh, uh, professional and put together yeah. than it has in the last couple of years, especially yeah. last year. Uh, clearly he listened to the feedback from last year and incorporated it and found a way to make the sponsors happy, but to make the viewers feel like they weren't being like assaulted and pandered to. For I the mean, most part. I, I, I don't know. I do think it stepped over the line a little bit in that regard. Couple, bit, like, couple but not like, as not as bad as last year. Last it, year was hilarious. It, it felt like the whole show was bought by eBay. Oh yeah, and I saw these comments all over the internet on our site, on Twitter. Yeah, the on cuts Facebook. to the I don't remember who what her name was, but the, where she cut because of the backstage woman. Yeah, and she'd she was like, awkward. She'd talk about like uh, you know, oh, go to eBay and buy them. You can buy these on eBay where the people who made them don't get a cut of the sale. Great, awesome. Like I don't know what that was. I mean, but again, like you need a lot of sponsorship money to put something like this on. So it's like you gotta go with who's interested, basically. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, it. it I guess you could it, just lose a ton of money. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeff's not going to lose money. No, that's not how Jeff operates. That's not going to happen. Um, I also thought she was lip syncing this song, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's the girl who's just like. Mm-hmm, right. mm, I love. <laughs> yeah. If I you actually her. watch favorite. this performance, it appears that she's lip syncing this song, and she's actually the vocalist that sings it. Yeah, I mean, maybe, because she's moving away from the microphone so much. You'd yeah, hear, and the voice is always clear. Yeah, I thought that was a little strange. Um, what, let's start talking about the actual awards. How happy were you that, uh, Breath of the Wild won Game of the Year? Eh. I mean, I expected it. Yeah. I, don't agree I think everybody it. expected it. I don't agree it. with it, but I expected it. Like, what, what are, you, what are your options there? Like, yeah. it's gotta be Zelda. Like, that's the thing everybody Well, if you're, look, if you're polling 51 publications, and you look at the aggregate review score for that right. game... When you look at how what percentage of the gaming press is just made up of Nintendo fans who wanted to do this for a living, like yeah. I mean, you're, Nintendo's got a real advantage there, especially if they release a good game. I think we're going to talk last... next about a game that maybe the only question is, is uh, a little bit of yeah, that. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's, that's an interesting part of that conversation, I think. But um, you know, it's like you know, there's there's some I think talk about the Mario over you know, Mario and Zelda in the same year, but like yeah. the last time that happened was 2002 with Wind Waker and Sunshine, and, and Nintendo had the courtesy to make the Mario game terrible, so we didn't have to make that choice. <laughs> yeah. But um, this time it was a hard. I would think it would have been a harder decision, but it seems like people are picking Zelda, which I think I expected in the in the sense that like Zelda is more of a reinvention of the franchise, and it was sort of the first thing they played on the Switch, and they love the Switch, and 
it's just it's had time to percolate and they they haven't like you know people have fine it's finally okay to talk about the flaws of the breath of, of breath of the wild early on it was not that's, yeah. that's the zelda syndrome i talked about them all the, oh yeah but like we're <laughs> you're never, in the honey I never any there's a honeymoon period with zelda where you're not allowed to say that something's wrong with it which like was the worst in skyward sword because everything's wrong with that game pretty much. <laughs> but like um you know there's things like oh i think this should well, you be can this. you just pay for it and i did you yeah know, people you should, this should be I'm this crazy. or that should be that and i was like you know i'm like <laughs> Yeah, but and even the first DLC addressed that to some degree. Where like, yeah. here's a couple of quality of life things that probably should have been in the main game, but we didn't put them in, and we charged you for them. And any other company be crucified in the street for doing that. But we're Nintendo, so ha! We're gonna get away with it. Yeah. If, if EA did that, if EA didn't put all the map features in something and then charged you money through a season pass for them four months later, like they, somebody would have dragged them in the street and shot them. Like, but okay, sure. Any Why other not? awards where kind of raise an eyebrow over which game won? Seemed like uh, they were all pretty I was, good. A, I was annoyed that Horizon didn't win anything. Uh, yeah, B, it was nominated for, like, everything. Um, yeah, and B, I mean, part of the problem is because it's up against Zelda, and, and nobody has a sh shot against Zelda because Zelda. Um, I was surprised that Wolfenstein 2 won Best Action Game. But they don't have a first-person um, shooter category. That's not what I'm talking about. I just oh. mean in that, those nominees, that one? Really? I mean, I like Wolfenstein, but, like, I wouldn't have picked it over any of those others. yeah. That's a little dicey. I don't know. Wolfenstein's a really good game. It's, I just think it's... I think Wolfenstein's more of a really good premise. I think I think as, as I've gotten further into it, I feel like the, the level design and kind of the, the, the scenario design is not as good as the first game. It's hard as balls, that game. It, it, it really doesn't play, mess around. Well, one of the reasons I think it's so hard, and I think I saw this when you were playing it on the, that half marathon stream... You don't have a lot of indication that you're getting hurt. No, like like you got to keep an obvious. eye on that uh, on that health meter. And, uh, like and if you do that, you get shot. So. Right. <laughs> um, and I th what was it? Well, what was the game that that they just added? Oh, Agents of Mayhem had that problem too. And they just in one of the recent patches, they added like basically more screen feedback yeah. that tells you you're low on health because like there's the other problem with Wolfenstein is it only takes a couple shots and you die because well, you only have early health, on. half your health and yeah early on you only you have, right. you have abbreviated health I right. guess we'll call it yeah um, yeah but I just I was a little surprised that that was the, the pick I'm um, not surprised knowing the game's press I guess not but like. Pick. Really? That yeah. one? Like, of those five, like, that one? One thing I will um, say I was is... happy that Cuphead won yeah. uh, Art Direction. It cleaned up pretty much for... Cuphead did well. Yeah. Because Cuphead was up against Zelda on that, and I thought Zelda would win that. I, here's one thing I do love, is that these people were overjoyed to win this award. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. Like, Enuma acts like... He's just made crappy games his whole life. Right. <laughs> he's, well, he's just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that we won. It's well, like, bro, the, everybody knew you were going to win. Well, no, here's the thing. I feel like, see, I think if you've been working on Breath of the Wild and you've got your head down on this thing for so many years, and, I mean, we forget now that it's out and we've played it and everybody loves it and this stuff. If you're working on this game in a vacuum and you've been working on Zelda for 25-whatever years he's been yeah. doing it, this game's so different from what Zelda... You, you have to be terrified that you're going to put this out and people are going to be like, what the hell is this? Like, what this I is not what I wanted. So I'm sure he's still just riding high on the idea that people accepted this radically new take on this game from him. What like, so I, love, I understand that. I think. What I love is when the other guy talks and Enuma is not at the mic, just watching him stand there, you can, it's just so pure mm -hmm. and clean, the joy yeah. of winning this But also, who knows how much of the, this game's like basic concept was like his idea that he had to fight for with Miyamoto. You, you, wonder, right. if he, you wonder if he's going to go back to Japan and just like hold that award in Miyamoto's face. No, you're it's absolutely like, right. Hmm? You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. It could be one of those cases. But 
That, that's so- what I loved about them winning this award is that I've never seen someone win Game of the Year and be as legitimately happy and humble about winning it. Yeah, it was good to Even see. though everybody but them seemed to know it was going to win. Yeah, I would not... Look uh, at him over there. Like, you oh, can yeah. just see him. He's, look, he's just, like, beside himself. He can't believe, like, that they won. Like, it's, it's, I think it's just, I think it's it's just awesome. relief that, like... And I'm sure this will continue as they go. But I'm sure it's relief that, like, this... I mean, this game was a risk when you really think about it. Yeah. And I think you can credit it in large part for the strong early sales of the Switch. Like, for sure, yeah. Like, like, this... I mean, this man's going to get a pretty good performance review this he year. He better, <laughs> better <laughs> but uh look so, overall, yeah it is way better than like a lot of the other t- like the golden joystick awards you saw the, the you know they, the zelda won and someone just came up and said thank you and, yeah like, walked away like this was a much more human response yeah i love which it. like nintendo doesn't have to do no like nintendo doesn't have to be that happy about that they know they know what they are yeah but like um it was it was a nice it was a nice moment even I even as it. someone who thought that's not what should have won like I was like all right you guys you guys did it with some class they appreciate it yeah. very very much and I love that about it um, overall for me I thought the show was incredible um, I think it's easy to sit back and nitpick particularly as people who have worked on production teams mm-hmm. that have put together award shows I think we also maybe have a little sympathy more sympathy I think in years prior maybe we had more sympathy for the show than other people did because mm-hmm. we know what goes on behind the scenes and how hard it is to kind of get that ultimate gamer ideal into the show. Right. But well, this year, I think we can, it's, it makes it just as easy to celebrate what a great job Jeff did with the, these awards. I, right. just, I just think, I thought like two years ago was like, okay, I see where you're going. I think this is like, you, you've got, you got your, you're in the right direction. Last year, I felt like it was a step backwards. Yeah. I and this, this year, I feel like you've you, not only you stepped, hit it. You've not only made up the ground you lost last year, I think it's better than the year before. Yeah. That. I yeah. thought so I th- I think Keely did an amazing job. I, I still don't think this will ever be the Oscars. Um, be- we'll get to that. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's a whole different thing. Because um, the, the reason awards like Oscars and Emmys is, are, are considered prestigious is because their peers recognizing peers. Yeah. This is a marketing stunt. But it's finally becoming a marketing stunt that doesn't make me embarrassed to watch it. You're right. Yeah. Like, and that's an achievement. Like, I mean, just, you know, maybe we know this more than, more than most, but like the amount of corporate and, and just like, you know, bullshit that, that Jeff would have, even at this time, at this level, would have to cut through to get this show to be what he wants it to be. That's no minor task. Because it's hard to sell to sponsors. Yeah. Because all sponsors want to know is who's going to be there. When you talk mm-hmm. about award shows, here's how they typically work, and here's how they work that spike. Talent runs everything. It's their job to mm-hmm. get people and confirm that they're going to be there, that they're going to be on the red carpet. Once they do that, then they start shopping it out to sponsors because the first question the sponsor asks is, let's see your talent list. And so they want to say, well, who's going to be there? Who's going to be on the red carpet? Because if a publisher is basically going to pay for the step and repeat on the red carpet they're going to say well who's going to be standing in front of our logo in front of the step and repeat Mm -hmm. so they want to know who's going to be there before they'll commit and they're like okay well are they going to walk the red carpet are they not it's it's run by a whole different group of people that have nothing to do with gaming and that's why the vgas all the time you'd have comedians on there come on and do crappy stand-up routines or Mm -hmm. whatever um and for jeff to be and like he's worked in that environment he knows what it's like and so for Jeff to be able to cut through all that and still get great sponsorship for this show and to, 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 to still do a show that gamers are going to appreciate and love, kudos to him, man. I just, mm-hmm. again, having worked with him for eight or nine years on award shows, and this is something that he and I wanted for a really long time to see him achieve it. I'm really happy for him and really proud of him. So great job on that. Let's move on to 
the other biggest part of the Game Awards, which is the announcements. And let's be honest, this is why most people tune in. Yeah. And rightfully so. Because nobody cares really about the awards that much. Yeah. Like, the I awards mean, don't have prestige to them that, like, you know, they don't carry any weight that, that you know, like a, like a Tony or something would. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe one day I was day almost going to say Grammy, but nobody gives a shit maybe about Maybe in Grammys. 15 years it gets there where it has a more prestige. Yeah. But now it's, it's not just... not an overnight thing. It's one you award have to keep, out of hundreds. But you have to keep, uh, keep churning out shows like this, this quality every right. year. to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so most people watch for the premieres. And uh, I think, overall, the premieres in this year's show were pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I was... It was funny because I watched it's the actually show... Where the PSX kind of doing the more low-key thing, like, actually really works out well for him... Because well, I wonder if Jeff just snatched them all up and PSX had nothing. No, I don't think that's what happened at all. I mean, uh, look, if you're a publisher, way more people are going to watch the Game Awards than we're going to watch a PSX press Right, conference. but PSX didn't replan that whole thing in a week. Like, that's what that was always going to be. Like, well, the, it's pretty easy to just slide the only in a thing, trailer the, here or there. No, nah, the only thing that may have been in that regard would have been the Death Stranding trailer. Like, maybe they wanted to... I'm it, sure there was a fight over that. Probably was. But, but there like, was. But, there was no fight, because... But Kojima is his, besties yeah, with, with, really with Keely, are. so there was no... Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, Kojima is one of the, the elite few who can be like, no, my trailer's gonna run on this. Yeah. And I mean, it's being... Pub- Death Stranding's being published by Sony. Yeah. <laughs> but... That shows you the relationship that those two guys have. Yeah. That it's he also could like, convince I mean, I, them, no, I'm gonna do it with Jeff at the Game Awards. Right, and also, like, I mean, look, Kojima is held in high esteem, and if what he wants... What he wants to do is what he wants to do. And I, I mean, even look at that story he told at PSX. <laughs> about Andrew House. Or, uh, no, about, um... Uh, Gorilla Games, like going to see oh, yeah. Gorilla Games, and they gave him a wooden box when he left. With and they the opened, code. And it had their, sort, their engine source code in it. They're yeah. like, please see what just you can do it, with yeah. it. There was no contract. There was no <laughs> non-disclosure agreement. There was no nothing. And they just said, please take our engine and see if you like it. Yeah. Like, well, they want is, him to use their engine. That is, I have never heard of anything it's like that. It's pretty crazy. That's, that's, a, that's a, you don't, there's maybe two, two, three people in the, in the industry that would get that. Well, then he told the story of Andrew House as well. Right. Where but the, first they told the story about his Kobe being stolen at E3, right. which was the, the first, first time, time Andrew House Andrew. ever met him. Yeah. But then he told the second story about after he left Konami and he was on his own. He's trying to figure out what he was going to do. And he met with Andrew House and he gave him the spiel. I want to do this, 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 and this. And I want to do it all independently. And Andrew's just like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. no questions, no paperwork. And, no Andrew nothing. glances over at the last Guardian poster. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I felt like the the premieres at this were pretty incredible. We're going to go through one by one. We're not going to spend a ton of time on each one of these. Uh, first one we're going to talk about is World War Z. Day late and a dollar short on that one, I, you think? I missed this. I didn't see you this You didn't one. see World War Z? I, I either was out of the room or I didn't like... Well, I you're going to see it right now on Game Face. I can, I've seen like, people talk about it and I was like, oh, that? I, I, I totally missed this one. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I might have just thought it was Zombie Game 4893 and ignored it. I don't know. Well, the one thing I will say is you can tell it's a World War Z game because it does like the zombie piling. Remember right. in the film how they, like, they would just all run into a wall and they just get mm. all piled up and like they just oh, get wait, the Oh, wait, no, I did see this. I thought it was Days Gone. No, this is World War Z. Okay. Uh, I thought this was Days Gone. That's, kind of the right. antithesis of striking while the iron is hot. Yeah, well. Is there a new World War Z movie coming by any chance? Uh, I don't think so. Really? So they just really were this this late to the party on it. Sure. Game looks pretty good. Third-person shooter, zombie survival game. Don't um, have any of those. I mean, when I first saw this, I thought it might be Days Gone. Yeah, that's what I thought. When I first started watching, because I, I I didn't wasn't paying attention because that this shot where they all are running like across the like that this is where I first turned back to the screen. I think, oh, gotcha. And saw them all running. I'm like, oh, it must be Days Gone. That's oh, what I thought at first. There's snow and Days Gone. Cool. You know, yeah. like that's about as far as it went there. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, and it's going to have some stiff competition with Days Gone as well. Uh, but I do like how it does kind of have the movie aesthetic of just the hordes kind of working together to overcome massive walls yeah, and skyscrapers. I just, I just hated that movie. You hated the movie? Yeah. I think I was just indifferent to it. I was like, yeah, it's a zombie movie. I would have been indifferent to it if I didn't like the book. I mean, I, the book has its own problems, uh, but like the first, the first like half of the book is like one of the best zombie outbreak setups ever made, and like, wow, it's not at all what was in yeah. the book. I mean, it's just. It was very disappointing because, like, I think Brad, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but the book is set up like, a, like it's a set up like a series of interviews with survivors. It's like a, it's in universe. It's a book written after the zombie like apocalypse, and like it's it's like a retrospective book about the people who who were in it and solved it. You know, kind of like a Ken Burnsy sort of right, thing. Right, right. So an oral history sort of thing, and like so it's going through all that, and you're so and like a oh, man, you could have made an amazing mockumentary. Like out of this book, and it would not have been a two hundred million dollar blockbuster, but it would have been a way better movie. <laughs> Funny how that works. I mean, this uh, wasn't a two hundred million dollar blockbuster either. It lost a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so we've already talked about Death Stranding a good bit. We've talked kind of about the periphery of it. We mm-hmm. have not talked about the actual trailer or short or mini film or whatever it's you like want a to call it. Thing. Yeah, that's how long Kojima's trailers are, really. This is nine minutes long. Yeah. Um, we wanted to make it the trailer of the week this week. I was like, wow, I can, we could, like, make lunch and, like, <laughs> have a snack while it ran. But I knew we were going to want to talk about it, so it's not our trailer of the week this week. But uh, what do you think of the trailer, Matt? Impressive tech, completely uninteresting to me. Really? Yeah. Completely like, uninteresting? I don't, I don't trust this game at all. And, like, everything, all the questions this game, this trailer raises i would be normally interested in but it's kojima so all the answers are going to be stupid yeah like i don't i don't i don't mean it, there's a lot of cool imagery here but that's what it's i'm all saying gonna, like, it's to all me, gonna come it's to nothing like the most interesting game in the world right now but no because there's no game here this is a movie oh wait matt they said that the underwater part is playable did you see that in what, the panel? What, do I panel? press A to wake him up? Like, what? <laughs> Did you see that in the panel? Yeah. Well, I think it was Cerny who said that. He's like, this... Sure, well, yeah, well, somebody... Was it Cerny who said, like, if you play, like, the first four hours of this game, this makes a lot more sense? And I'm like, well, yeah. then show yeah. us! <laughs> Dickhead. Like... I think this trailer's freaking awesome, man. I mean, look... I, think it's I, awesome I, I agree with your points that, you know, it, who knows if it actually... Any of this even is in the game, ultimately, or what the game is, or if it's just, like, a walking... Who knows? But... I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be kind of a permutation of Metal Gear Solid 5's gameplay. That's what I expect. Probably. But in my opinion, this this is one of the best video game trailers I've ever seen. I mean, it has it all. Except the game. Yeah, I would know. It's, it's, not pl- it's playable, it's just, it's just a fucking movie. <laughs> it's like, it, I mean, it's a cool premise, sort of, except I'm really tired of black oil stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just... It's it looks just, insane. <laughs> it really does. So it, it, it appears that these creatures can hear human voices, but they can't hear anything else? It's not, it seems like they are, they're only sensitive to life, because otherwise the, the little <laughs> things would probably set yeah, them up. Yeah, you shoot the guns, they don't hear that. Yeah, they're only, they're only interested in organic matter, it looks like. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. This game looks freaking crazy. Like, we've seen, like, 20 minutes of it, and still we have no clue what it is or what any of it means or... It means nanomachines. That's nanomachines. all. Nanomachines. Nanomachines are all the 
all the invisible things are the rageful spirits of aborted fetuses or something. It's got to be something <laughs> no, stupid right. like that. It's no, look, I, I totally get where you're Which was from. the ending of Drakengard 1, by yeah. the way. I, I totally get where you're coming from. Like, this happens with Kojima all the time. He puts out trailers like this. and Like, plays... if this was the new Insomniac game or the new Sucker Punch game, I'd be like, holy crap, this is going to be incredible. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm on board. But this is Kojima, and it's going to yeah. be dumb. Look, and I like, agree with you within the... Con- I just want to see what the game is, yeah. you know? Look, I agree with you. The context of the whole thing with this game is Kojima's game sours the milk a little bit. Mm-hmm. But just as far as like, hey, here's eight pieces of... Me- eight, eight minutes of media promoting a video game. This shit's awesome, dude. Like, it Tech's really, really is. Like, technically, it looks amazing. Um, it, it, he did say it was run, this is running on PS4 Pro, which yeah. I'm glad he and this disclosed. Is the, this is the Horizon Zero Dawn engine. Engine, which, which wow, what a great place to start. <laughs> oh, it's called the Mythic or something? Or no, it's D- like D. It begins with a D. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dimac or something like that. I can't yeah. remember. Um, but, like, I just, it, I'm so, it made me I'm more excited to play the Mikkelsen. game. Yeah, he's the bad guy, I'm sure. Uh, but it's just... I don't even know how he comes up with this stuff. Like, it's just mind-boggling where this comes from. Um, I don't know if it is him or if he's got some guy who's, like, his ghostwriter or whatever, but he comes up with I'm sure he has, he has stuff. a team, that he, a go-to team, but, like, he has... But, like, the device that everyone's wearing and, like, these weird creatures that come up from the ground and, like, suck you down and, like... There's all kinds of little weird stuff you watch, like when when the bad guy shows up and he points, like, then the fetus in that thing starts, like, freaking out and, like... And then, like, when the one guy gets dragged away, he waits to kill him. Like, he waits till they drag him, like, 20 or 30 feet away mm-hmm. before he actually shoots him. Like, what's the relevance of that? Like, there's just... Because if he kills them, kills him too cl- close to himself, they'll come after him. But they can't hear the gun, right? Can't hear the gun. They can hear him breathing. Right. It's just crazy. Like, I just... I mean, it's internally... Consi- like, there's a lot of clues as to what how everything's working together, and it's there. But, like, I'm sure the explanation of this will be stupid. Yeah. Like, like I, I believe, I believe um, that. I just think that this, for a piece of it's a very impressive piece media, of tech. it's, it's really very, awesome. Sure. It's an impressive piece of tech. It's just, you know, I'm kind of over the whole, we're going to show you a long narrative sequence without showing you how the game plays thing. Yeah. And this I is, get that. And everybody gets lambasted for that now. Except Kojima, apparently. The other thing that bugs me well, that's is... That's because his, his, his stuff like that is so much better than everybody else's. <laughs> and the other thing that bugs me is people keep calling this thing Lovecraftian. And, I don't get and that's that. not true because love, the definition of Lovecraft horror are these giant crazy things behind the reality of the world don't care about us. And that's the horror is that we're insignificant. Clearly these things care about us a lot in, yeah, in yeah. Death Stranding. Apparently but, this is playable. That's what he was saying. Well, this looks excellent. Yeah, yes. it looks like a lot of gameplay there. So uh, I was really impressed with it. Um, you're right. I mean, the, look, the game may be a shadow of what we're seeing here. Yeah, ultimately. I mean, look, Norman Reedus comes out and says, I, he says he's been working on this game four years and he doesn't know what it's about. That's not a great look, it's really. Not. It's not. But that may be just part of the narrative that Kojima's putting out Somewhat, there. Somewhat, but again, it's just like, you know, the, uh, the proof is going to be in the so-called pudding here, and I don't mean the black crap that keeps dragging them down. I mean, like, you know, even if you go back and look at games that, from Kojima that I don't like, uh, there's amazing imagery and really interesting, like, technical ideas and really cool premise, like, work there. Um, you know, even stuff like Lots that, like, that, like that little, that little, and... little logo on the door, where it's like, okay, there's some kind yeah, of network. Yeah, it's like everything that floats by the, has yeah. some kind of significance to it. Yeah, you know, it's a big tease, and that's cool. But like, and then here's our here's our thumbs up, baby. <laughs> it's just insane, dude. And I love how he puts little stuff like that and all his Hang trailers. Loose, bro. <laughs> it's nuts. 
I loved it. I thought it was incredible. And some of the, I mean, I, I bet some of this imagery is coming from uh, Del Toro. Yeah, because of course, uh, yeah. you know, while if you look at kind of the the the, um, the 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 alien, the kaiju dimension in Pacific Rim, apparently that's recycled a little bit from somebody he wanted, wanted to do in his mountain in the mountain uh, mountains of madness uh, movie, and like I think there's some of that happening here, like. Like, I mean, Del Toro, I guess the other thing is, like, Del Toro, I think, is a brilliant visual filmmaker, but he he, is, if, yeah. the, if it's not in the script, it ain't making it. His storytelling is entirely, you know, relying on how good the script is. You're right. And, like, if Kojima's writing the script, <laughs> we're in trouble. We are in trouble. Like, yeah, he's, a, he's an aspiring filmmaker, but he should stick to games. Yeah, I don't know if aspiring is the word I would use. <laughs> it's more like he's a he's a delusional failed director who's been taking out his angst on that on on the game industry for twenty years. That's maybe another um, way to put it. Because that's the other thing that I think it was telling. I remember back in the day when Metal Gear Solid One came out, which I liked. I still like that pretty well. Yeah. Um, people were talking about, oh my god, the coherence and the other good. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's it's a series of cutscenes connected by mini games. Like, that's all Metal Gear Solid 1 is. It's a long narrative, and periodically you play a mini-game that's a boss battle or a little, you gotta sneak through a sec little section. And people went nuts at me for saying that. And then years later, there was that big article of, like, you know, with a retrospective on, on, on uh, you know, 20 years later and stuff. And the guys who were, like, the lead gameplay people were like, yeah, basically he said, I'm gonna write this story, and there's gaps here you need to fill in with mini-games. And he's like, so we just came up with a bunch of little. Every boss battle is different because we came up with a different mini game that you had to do to, to beat it. And I'm like, thank you. Like yeah, that's exact. Yeah. You know, Kojima, Kojima's games are as good as the team he hires to handle the gameplay, so he doesn't have to worry about. Oh, you're it. right. You're so, absolutely right. Yeah. Like, and so to me, like all this stuff about, oh my god, he's a genius. He's a genius. He's a genius. He's like, well, maybe he's a genius who knows how to surround himself with good people. But like, that's a skill. The the gen the genius is not in the writing. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm a little more skeptical about this than you are. I well, think. I'm not. I'm not even talking about the game. I was just talking about the piece of media. Piece I of think... media is cool, but like again, it's like if George Lucas put this out, I would also be skeptical of how that was going to turn out in the end. You know, like the trailers for the prequels are still great if you watch them, but then you watch the prequels. Yeah. Well, ultimately, the proof is in the pudding. But I was just talking about it as a piece of promotional media for a video game. I think mm. it's one of the best video game trailers ever. Uh, and that's saying a lot, because I've well, watched he, a metric ton of video game trailers. Well, he does a lot of them. And I'd be, to I be mean, a lot of the you, best No, yeah, right. If I looked at, like, my top 20 video game trailers of all time, I probably would have, like, four or five of his trailers yeah. on there. He's, that he's original, like, it. Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer is still... Brought like, down the, hop, the yeah. house at E3, man. Like, literally. You couldn't... You, you literally didn't want to walk near the Konami booth, <laughs> no. because there were just knots of people watching that trailer. Every time it rolled. Yeah, so... All right, let's move on. Let's talk now about PUBG. So this was really kind of PUBG's Xbox coming out party, so to speak. Um, we got the release date for it on Xbox, although it's it's early access on Xbox on yeah. the 12th or the 14th? 12th. 12th. And then 20th is 1.0 on PC. So how do you feel now that you know that information about it being considered for awards in the Game Awards? Still not out. Like, yeah. you're not judging the game that came out. You're judging the early access well, it title. It also comes out and after the And it didn't win cutoff. anything, so the guy who was right. made it was right, wouldn't he? <laughs> no, it did win something. It won Best Multiplayer Game. Did it? Yeah. That wasn't even in the show, though. Yeah, so. well, I mean, a lot of the big awards weren't in the show. Yeah, well, they've done that. 
And like somebody asked Jeff about that, I think, in the pre-show or something, and he was like, "Eh, screw it." <laughs> well, they uh, they want like best female performer. They right. want the talent to come up there. And no, I was, I was rooting for Ashley Birch on that, but I think the I can't remember her name, but the woman who played Hell Hell not her name isn't Hellblade. Her name is Sedua, but uh, well, she was very good too. Well, yeah, I mean, also you, you don't know who won... she is because she was their video editor. Right. She has she no history. She had never acted before. It was her first gig ever. Well, she's got a new career now. She sure does. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hellblade also won audio mix it did. audio, which is correct. Yep. Which is well correct. earned. Yep. Yes. I, again, I think most of the awards were pretty good. I also pretty wanted good. to mention I, the I Industry think... Icon Award, which was given to the woman oh, who, Carol, uh, who programmed Shaw? my favorite Atari 2600 game of all time, River Raid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they again. They did a great job of choosing a person for that. Yeah, that was a, she was a good pick, and that was a good. It was a good uh, retrospective video. It was a good. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to see her on stage. It was Absolutely. A, it was a good. That was all a good deal. Like it was. River Raid is still great to play. By the way, yeah. it is still an awesome game, which cannot be said about ninety nine point five percent of Atari twenty six hundred. Yeah, Atari twenty six hundred games are a rough ride these days, but uh, yeah. yeah, River Raid still works. Still fun. Yep. Um, I was also, uh, I, and I agree with them. Some people were saying like Divinity: Original Sin Two was not nominated for enough stuff. It was nominated for Best RPG. And I think it won something. It didn't win anything. Oh, it didn't. Oh, I no. thought it did win something. Not that I saw. I looked up all the all the nominees and winners before I came over, and I might be forgetting. But the only thing I saw it nominated for was Best RPG, and it did not win that. Uh. Um, which is largely because the people who were, you know, the fifty-one people voting on this did not play it. Yep, you're absolutely right. So it's like. The thing, you know, and I know, like that's also a problem in like the big awards. Like, you know, you see that in particular if you watch the Oscars, watch the best animated category. There's like anonymously Academy voters pretty much admit uh, we just vote for the Pixar one. You yeah, know, no one watches anything. Well, it's kind of it. like you know we'll be doing our Game of the Year awards next week, and we kind of throw a disclaimer out there, like, look, we haven't played mm-hmm. everything, so these are our picks for. I have. No, you no, you have. I haven't played. I haven't actually played Original Sin too. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Because you look at it, it's like it's like a seventy-hour yeah. game or whatever. Like, how do you find time for that? That's the I'm one like big now, game that I. You need to play Horizon. I am playing it right now. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about a game in a little bit that I've been played for the last day and a half or mm-hmm. whatever. But I have been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, so for next week's show, I'm hoping to have at least fifteen or twenty hours into right. it. So even if you hate it, like it's. Part well, I don't of the, hate it. I've already played part of the conversation. Of it, so no, I don't hate it. So. Uh, that is my big task before. Yeah, but I mean, like, just kind of a general you. Like, if, if, if you're going to talk about Game of the Year 2017, you have to have played yeah. Horizon and Zelda and Mario. And, you know, Absolutely. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's that kind of fleet of top-tier games you got to yeah. know about. So Yeah, I've spent... And I've, Original Sin 2 is probably one of those, but I just haven't had time me to, to do it. Me either. Also, it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, we couch the awards on Game Face as these are our picks. Like, mm-hmm. I don't try... I don't have any illusions that whatever I pick for the Game of the Year... Is the definitive game of the year? Oh no, I think I think I proved that one last year. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Douche. Uh, so PUBG. Let's get back to PUBG. I don't know how we got off on that crazy tangent. Um, so you still would not. That you still don't think it should be considered for game of the year? No. I yeah, knew it wasn't. I mean, it's win. not. It's not a federal case or anything. Yeah, I think part like, of the reason why I didn't get up in arms over it is because I knew it wasn't going to win. Right. It's not. It wasn't going to win. <laughs> but, the, like, the, okay, but the problem well. is, like, now you got the issues. Like, well, does it get nominated next year? No, I don't think it can. I wouldn't think so. By their, by their standards, it yeah. can't. It can't. Um, but I think it did win one award already, yeah. which is good I mean, enough. it can be nominated for ongoing games. PUBG which... doesn't need awards. Not it's really, not going to no. affect it in any way, shape, or form. It can be nominated for ongoing game. But yeah. uh, 
uh, it was already nominated for Ongoing Game, and so was a game that's two and a half months old, and, and then the game that wasn't out yet. I mean, ongoing Game feels like it should only be, you should only be eligible if you've been out before this calendar year. Yeah, like it it's shouldn't just, have had like... It shouldn't have Destiny 2, yeah. it shouldn't have PUBG. Yeah, because it's not an ongoing game, it just came out a month right. ago, <laughs> like... And the yeah. right game won that, I think. It did. It absolutely but, did. Uh, and I mean, look, Siege certainly deserved to be yeah. in there. And there's a couple that picked I mean, that is the right one thing there. I can say for this is for the most part, uh, although I think Zelda got some stuff it shouldn't have gotten, uh, for the most part, the right thing won, even if yeah. you don't agree with all the nominees. Yeah. Um, That's what happens when you have 51 people polled instead of a right. couple people or, or 12 yeah. or whatever. Even back in the VGAs, I think... The most people we had voting every year was like 33, mm-hmm. something like that. Well, look, at least it's not, a not like, you know, you're not nominating, like, games specifically because Samuel L. Jackson was in them or something. Right. Like the, 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 that, well, there that, was a one year, the VGAs, where Madden won Game of the Year. Madden won Game of the Year. And it was the first the, thing they gave out. Because they let the users pick the winners back right. then. And that's when we kind of started the whole editorial council thing, mm-hmm. where we started polling, like, all the EICs from all the websites, and that's when it started turning in the right direction, right. so. I do think, like, all the, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know the numbers or the stats on it, but like, I do think all the stuff about, you know, t- best trending gamer, best esports team, all that stuff just seems extraneous. I mean, look, they put best, like, esports guy in the show. Right. Which, the whole acceptance thing was just awkward and weird, and look at all the big awards they left out of there. Yeah. But they had it's like catering to a specific mm-hmm. audience, so you hope but, that but a fraction the of their audience, audience turns give in. a shit about awards for basically console games. What Jeff like, is hoping is that he tweets out, "I just won." Right. Half or a third of his following on social media comes and watches yeah. the show for v- ten minutes. Vaguely looks up from their streams of League of Legends or whatever. All and, right. Yeah. All he's looking for is that bump in uniques. Even if it lasts for ten minutes, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it's, it, if five hundred thousand people come to see him and accept an award, that five hundred k is a part of what he's going to sell the next year. Yeah. I mean, they to say these this many people watch. It was very smart, I think, because in the sense that it gets you sponsorship and it gets you sponsorship money but it doesn't interfere with the show where they had a lot of things where like if you watch it on steam you're entered in these drawings to get free games if you watch it on twitch you get these free things if you watch like for 20 minutes or more i think you got like a free cape in warframe or something like like those kind of weird little bonuses were like it's like hey watch not only watch it on this particular service but watch it for a certain length of time like those are really smart because that gets you sponsorship but it doesn't interfere with the actual programming of you're the right. content. Yeah, like, so you're absolutely right. He's definitely getting smarter about, not necessarily he's getting smarter, I'm sure he had that idea along, but people are finally agreeing to his ideas, maybe, would be yep. a better way to put that. Well, I'll tell you this, just to close on PUBG, I'm, all, I'm really excited to play PUBG on a console. Um, I, I, you know, I just prefer to sit on a couch to play video games. Right. Like, I, I, I'm glad that I will, I spend too much time Sitting in front of my computer already. Even if I can find two hours to go sit on the couch to play a game, it's nice to get out of that like little mm. prison that I live in six days a week for 14 hours a day. Uh, so I'm really excited for the Xbox One release of this. Um, I-, I think I'll play it a lot more on Xbox One than I did on PC. I guess is I'm kind of waiting to see because I don't have this on anything yet. So I'm waiting oh, to see. Um, well, I'm waiting to see what the performance looks like on xbox well they said this week that microsoft has treated it like a first party game so we'll see if that comes shining through uh next up bayonetta 3 didn't expect this one no i don't think anybody did they Uh, are gonna make fetch happen with this series if it kills them (laughs) we're not showing showing the teaser trailer of this by the way because if we show that insignificant 10 second clip nintendo put out 
this whole episode will be flagged and, un- and we won't be able to right. monetize it. So we're not showing it to you guys. If you want to see it, go watch it on Sifted.net. Uh, it doesn't show anything anyway. It's Isn't basically that going to happen anyway with Xenoblade? What'd you say? Isn't that going to happen anyway with Xenoblade? Oh, uh, it's all gameplay. So I'm hoping that uh, oh, Nintendo's okay. uh, crazy... So, oh, so the algorithm can't detect their... Sometimes it can find, it'll find, if they put out the B-roll, yes. Yeah. But if we actually capture it, or if we do live gameplay. It's sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it still picks up on the HUD. It's crazy, mm. man. Mm-hmm. It's really nuts. Anyway, we're trying to make this show so we can monetize it. Uh, so we're not going to show Bayonetta 3, but I was shocked. Yeah. That they made another game, because the last one tanked. And yeah. they're putting out 1 and 2 again on, on the Switch. Switch. Which makes sense, because, you know, I... Anything exclusive to the Wii U you can put on the Switch is probably not a bad idea because you've got a much larger audience at play at this yeah. point, or will, like, moving into next year. Um, you may also want to do that with Pikmin 3, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, Pik- where's Pikmin 4? Yeah, too, but, like, <laughs> look, Pikmin 3 has been out of print. It's going to cost a lot of money now if you want it on the Wii U. People don't have it on the Wii U. Like, figure it out. Yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, I like the Bayonetta game, so I'm glad they're making another one, but yeah, I'm just too. like... I can't believe they're still plugging away at this thing. Like, I, I, I have a feeling Platinum probably was like, really? They want yeah. to make another one? <laughs> I mean, you can't say that there's, you know, you can't say it's redundant in the in the library, right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing yeah. else like it in the Switch library, at least until or really Devil, in Devil, any until Devil May Cry shows up that if they make it for that. crazy. Uh, but like, I they don't have a lot of character action games, is what I'm saying. Because, yeah, you're right. And even, look, even if you look at, okay, the Wii U didn't sell very well, the attach rate for that game was terrible. Yeah. I mean, the the 10 million hardcore Nintendo fans don't care that much about Bayonetta, but they it has reached a whole new audience mm-hmm. with Switch. That I mean, I, I know three people who are going to buy a Switch for Bayonetta 3. Oh, wow. So, there is an well, audience. Well, they're probably it's looking small, at it like Bayonetta 3, plus, wow, there's all these other good games that are out some, there One of them is just like, I will buy Bayonetta, the Bayonetta p- games, and that's it. Like, I, don't care wow. about, I don't care about Nintendo games, but I'll buy Bayonetta, wow. wherever they put it. Well, it's going to sell it so. to somebody, at least. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> there's one. <laughs> there you go. But I am shocked that they're making this. Uh, not surprised at the ports from 1 and 2, because, look, Nintendo put a lot of money into 2. Might as well. And yeah. it sold awful. So, might as well try to recoup. I bought it. I mean, look, that port costs probably nothing to get running on Switch. Literally, mm-hmm. probably, like, nothing. Especially since the PC version already exists. It's probably right. a pretty, you know, the hardware is similar enough. It's probably a pretty easy move. Yeah. But three? Wow, that's a big risk. It looks yeah. like Nintendo's funding the whole thing, and well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, great. I, I, I'll, I'll buy it. I'm, I'm just in. glad we get to play yeah. a third game. Like, I never thought we'd see one. That's cool. Like, it's, and, it's a, and it's a hole in the Switch library that that will fill. And so, uh, like, especially if like you know people don't know if Devil May Cry Five is, or whatever is going to come to Switch. Like, this kind of takes care of that in a nice way. It's a similar kind of game. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Like, I'm glad. I'm glad it's there. It was a nice surprise. Yeah. I think my biggest disappointment at the show as far as like new trailers or whatever was Metro Exodus. Uh, mm. This game looked absolutely amazing at E3. was honestly one of kind of the darlings of E3. Uh, it was kind of shown as a showcase for Xbox One X 4K. Um, it's not that the game looked bad or anything. I just felt like the trailer was just completely uninteresting and boring. Um, it just seemed like a, a setup trailer. Like, yeah, it wasn't, this is what uh... happened. This is why this is happening. Very little action. You didn't really get to see the highlight of the game, which mm. is the creatures all that much. Yeah, I got, I got the gist of what it's about, I guess, in the sense. Okay, so this one dude, who, you know, this place called Exodus, is he thinks he can rig this train up and they can get out. And that's probably what the thrust of the game is going to be. Snowpiercer, monster edition yeah, kind of thing, yeah. you know. We'll see. I mean, it's cool. Great. I mean, it's just a bunch of environmental pans for the yeah, most Yeah, I will part. say this, man. 
you look at like kind of like look at the breadth of, of, of trailers and stuff that's like out for this and PSA. We got a real thing about snow right yeah, now yeah. in games. Like just people <laughs> trudging through the snow is like a thing right now. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I was really excited when this came on and then after I watched it I was like, Oh, I I expected more, I guess, is the best way to put it. It's not bad. I just my expectations for this game are pretty high after E three, so You gotta save the blowout stuff for the big events. Which is uh, probably E3. We'll see some more stuff. I mean, I think the Game Awards is becoming a big event. Yeah, it'll get there, probably. It already kind of is. I mean... <laughs> but, if you, but if you're working on a game in, like, Russia, you may not know that. Yeah. I mean, look, there's E3. They did, they did, they made a thing. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's let's cool. rank events for, like, debuts. There's E3, obviously, the biggest. I mean, this might be bigger than Gamescom now. Yeah, depending on the Gamescom. It's definitely bigger than TGS. Oh, yeah. We're and, bigger than TGS. In a lot of years, it'll probably be bigger than Paris Games Week. I mean, this is kind of the second biggest event for premieres in the world now. Man. That's crazy to think about what Jeff's created there. Well, so that's like, you know, because I'm sure he saw that empty space. I mean, it would be better, you know, if it took place in February like every other awards. But we've got to give that holiday marketing boost to the publishers because that's yeah. why they're even interested. Yep. Um, but, like, you know, there's nothing else at this time of year. So it's it's kind of a handy gap to fill. And I mean, at this point, he's beaten PSX's butt. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, PSX was the next day, and it had nothing. I mean, the show took had everything. I feel like PS, I feel like Sony doesn't care, but like uh, like they're not after that for PSX this year. All right, next we're going to talk about we'll the most controversial part of the award show, which was hands down the guy from A Way Out, <laughs> Joseph, Joseph Farris. Ferris. Yeah, Ferris. I don't know. Farris. He's just Joseph to me. Brosif. Brosif. Bro. <laughs> That's actually what I said in the... I was, like, chatting with people while the show was going on, and when he said, fuck the Oscars, I said... I just typed in, bro. Like... <laughs> Brosif. <laughs> and you could see Jeff losing his patience yeah. as, as the second. I think Jeff on. regrets saying, yeah, you can swear. Yeah. Because <laughs> then the guy just unleashed. Like, here we go, yeah. Also, maybe regretting having the open bar for the for the for the nominees. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's happening here, but it was not. It was like something out of the room. I mean, he was kind of like this when he showed the game off the first time. Yeah. He was gregarious and like probably said a couple things he shouldn't have said. Well, there, I saw people throwing around like there was that leak uh, of like EA's like internal like like strategy things and like they list him as like a good asset because he's passionate but watch out for controversy yeah. like, like they basically like like internally they know like he's a loose cannon but he could be an asset if you manage him right well then he kind of went after ea a little bit over yeah. loot boxes yeah. and i mean he, that was kind of a recurring theme throughout the whole show and it's like it was getting and then like shots. saying stuff like he was saying, then he flips off the camera like wow look at jeff this is here's an yeah, awkward time like, eh. here's, here's awkward mm -hmm. time here's like okay so he's thinking to himself how do i get him off the stage without looking like a jackass yep uh, he's ruining our show. He's taking away all the class from this show that I worked so hard to build. But look, he knew. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit like he visited from one of the Spike shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's having flashbacks right now. Oh my God, have I been transported back to 2007 VGAs? Because this is the type of stuff that would happen at the VGAs back yeah. then. And it's also a little bit like... Um... You're real bold for having a game that I think is one of the most least interesting things I've seen all year. Like, well, Brothers, is, I think he's riding the the crest of Brothers, a tale right. of two sons. But like, Way Out is like that game is not. I'm just gonna call it that game's not gonna sell well. It's not. It's probably not. It's not interesting looking if you just glance at it. I think the concept of this sort of couch co-op like dedicated game is an interesting one, but the premise of like two dickheads break out of prison and then take a tour of the people that they haven't seen in a while, 
I mean, that <laughs> there is nothing interesting about this game. I mean, he should be very happy. I, I I kind of like the gameplay, how the split screen co ops. I like that, but nothing about the trappings and the narrative yeah. of this game make me interested in any way. Oh, I agree with that a thousand percent. He should be thanking his lucky stars that EA signed this game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he shouldn't be taking veiled shots at them at the game awards. And you're just like, I mean. Just the amount of polygons they have to use on the on Leo's nose is. <laughs> I know that's what the guy that's really. That's gonna drop looks the frame like, rate at least yeah, two frames per second. Like, that's why it's 900p. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that right now. I shouldn't make fun of somebody's appearance like that, but like it's yeah, it's yeah. just it's so freaking distracting. It really is. You're right. Because for some like you because because the the guy he's it's based on what I think is his brother or something. Is like it looks. It he, seems like it could be. He looks like he looks like he does. Like yeah. that, but. He looks, that person in real life looks way better than the character yeah, model yeah. in the game. Like, the character model in the game, for some reason, just doesn't work for me. How do you feel about this uh, outburst like this at award shows? Like, uh, in general, not just with the Game Awards, but at any award show. Yeah, it's just kind of tacky. Yeah, like, I feel that way, too. And, like, it's like, yeah, you can say fuck the Oscars all you want, because it's not like the Oscars are, like... You know, care have their yeah it's not like their Oscars <laughs> care it's also not like the Oscars have their finger on the pulse of what you know the mainstream moviegoer wants to right, see yeah I mean, they have like, no clue anyway yeah I mean this 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 <laughs> award show at least like is awarding the things that the people who play games like for the yeah. most part um, but like there's just no there's no call for that there's no need you take the high road once and I, like that's the, the problem is like this show other within this segment did take that high road you know yeah, it, it, it just celebrated it what it was and celebrated what we're talking about and it did, it did it the right way and then here comes this guy and he just comes off like a weirdo and look i'm not giving jeff a pass on this because he knew very well, well he knew who he was putting there that yeah. the potential for something like this to happen was there and he was probably hoping like hey if things go wrong at least virally the next day we're yeah, probably gonna have this loose thing. cannon who will probably say something inappropriate or whatever and it worked, because yeah, this was like, really the big story the next day after the award Right, show. I mean, you, you found the new Dave Jaffe. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah, you know? You're right. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. He was kind of the new David Jaffe. But Jaffe does it on purpose. This guy, I can't figure out whether he's just a con, or if he's really just this aloof and... Or is he drunk? I, or... <laughs> I don't know. Is he uh, just happy? Like, I can't tell. I can't figure it out either. He is happy because EA's paying him to right. make this game that nobody else would probably pay for, so. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, very quickly, Fade to Silence. This game was broken before the show started. It mm. actually got out the day of. It's like a snowbound survival game from THQ Nordic. Do we need more of these? Like, you were talking about snow earlier. Well, here's another one. It's All just right. the whole thing is snow. This game is about fighting off a winter and surviving a winter, but I can't even tell you how many games. Fortnite. Yeah, I can't even tell you how many games I've added to the Sifted database in the last twelve months. That is survive the winter. Yeah, I mean it's like a thing now. Um, Because you can do snow now. Yeah, and it doesn't look terrible. Although this game doesn't look particularly good. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look too great. (laughs) But like, okay, you know, sure. Oh, the space shuttle. Why is it why is it snowing where the space shuttle is? Isn't that in Florida? I don't know. Yeah, when people are saying the show was too long, and I do agree with it, the show was too long. Yeah. Like there are many times where I was like, wait, what time does this thing end? Yeah. This is the type of stuff you don't need to put in the show to get it out right. to that two and a half hour mark or oh, whatever it was. It was, more like it was. Three. was it, it three? It was it's well, well, the, the pre show started at five thirty and then like the show ended around like eight forty or something. Right. And like I remember it was something somewhere around like seven seven o'clock on the, in the chat I was like I was like, we're halfway through, and the other people are like, no. 
Really? Well, my really? wife came no, back and she's eight, like, right? cause my wife was waiting to like make dinner until this was over. Mm. And she kept coming back. She's like, that thing's still going? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's been like three hours. And I'm like, I know. Yep. And this is the type of stuff that he could have cut out of the show and shaved yeah. off some time. Like, it didn't need to be in there. I also think, I don't think you need to start the show with a long interview between Keely and Bosman justifying the existence of the show. No. Like, that was all scripted that. and weird, too. And... Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. of The whole pre-show was kind of like whatever. Yeah, it was. It was like it was all a giant apology for last year. Almost. It really it's was. Like, man, yeah. just, just do it just better do it. this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Which he did. Like, he did. He, like people Let the show even, speak for itself. And people yeah. don't even talk, haven't even mentioned that first thing with Bosman with the interview with Bosman because I think the show itself said what that segment wanted to say, but You're said it right. by doing it. Yep. So I don't right. think they needed that. Now here is my dark horse game for the show. Most people probably didn't pay any attention to it, but it really caught my eyes. Called Witchfire. No, this looked good. I thought this looked good. Yeah, this is. Uh, For a second, I was like, "Oh, not the vanishing Ethan Carter guys." You know, like, yeah. What is this well, they be? set like, it up like this is like a sequel, like another walking simulator. I thing. love how they did this, man. You're like, "Oh, a walking simulator," and it's from the team behind the vanishing yeah. of Ethan. Oh, sure. So it is a walking simulator. And then they just turn it all on his head, and it becomes like it's this. Like, oh yeah, the painkiller guy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh okay, now I'm in. Yeah, it's really brilliant how they did this trailer. Um, and then they show the game, and it's like Bloodborne, the first-person shooter, uh, which I've been talking about on this show for a while. I'm like, when is there going to be a first-person shooter that plays like Bloodborne or Dark Souls? I don't know that this is it. But I don't that's think what it, plays it looks like, like it, but it definitely <laughs> shares some art direction ideas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but also Painkiller and Bulletstorm. Yeah. And then they just showed this crazy, like, dark, like, witchcraftian, like... No, right. I, I, had, I had some Hexen flashbacks. Yeah, there. yeah, that would be another which good is not a, I don't, Which is not an insult at all. No, not at all. No. Uh, I, I, that no, really, I, I really like the Painkiller games for the most part, so I would be... I'm, I'm interested. Yep, I, that caught my eye for sure uh, as one of the smaller games that I, I was really impressed with. Let's talk about one of the bigger games that I was not impressed with, though... And that is Soul Calibur Six. Soul did not burn. It really did not. Uh, it looks like Soul Calibur. It looks like it was made for like last gen. Like the visuals in this game just. Yeah. I don't know, dude. <laughs> we talked about Soul Calibur Six, mm, which is a couple weeks ago. We started here. Seems hearing, like a remake of Soul Calibur One. That's what they're saying. It is. Yeah. They're saying it's a reboot for the franchise and uh, kind of a remaster of the first Soul Calibur, mm -hmm. which I'm okay with. Sure, um, I mean, might as well go back to the best one. Yep, but uh, it doesn't look very good. Yeah, it... Like, if you had told me this was Soul Calibur V, I might believe you. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, 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 it feels like you've plateaued a little bit. It just feels like they've just taken the assets from the last game. Also, Mitsurugi's just... really young here. Like, even in the original even original Soul Calibur, who's sort of the grizzled dude. Like, yeah, but that's why they said that the, everyone does look younger. It's everyone's because so it, pretty. Yeah. But they uh, they milked this one battle for all it was worth. They put yeah. out the trailer and the Game Awards, which was kind of more cinematic, and then... And they just ran the two fights, basically. Yeah, the, now they just P put out this PSX. trailer that just has the fights all by themselves. And, I mean, the it. main difference seems to be that they have, like, a super move kind of thing that, that is more... There's some kind of weird, like, parry thing going on. Well, they always had that, but, like, this is it's more pronounced now. But now everybody has this, like, kind of, like, super attack thing that I don't think was really part of the... At least I don't remember it from the original. Yeah, I don't either. Well, definitely not in the original. Yeah. For sure it wasn't in the original game. Um, but I, I kind of fell off with Soul Calibur. I think the last one I played extensively was 4, 
probably. Yeah, I mean, I pl apparently I played five, but as we, like last week, we couldn't remember what was in each Soul Calibur right. game, so clearly <laughs> it didn't make a huge impression on me. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm glad another Soul Calibur game's coming because it does play differently from a lot of other fighting games, and I appreciate that about it. But uh, it we'll wasn't it exactly can... an auspicious debut. No, we'll see if it can if it can crack the uh, kind of the 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 fighting game community hive mind a little bit. Like, it appears Tekken 7 is starting to. Yeah, Tekken 7 has uh, gained more traction than I thought it would. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, eSports community is yeah. really starting I mean, to Capcom build. Capcom Cup is this weekend. The, the Street Fighter V uh, Top 32 is happening right now. Oh, really? Not that, you, not that, uh, not that you should stop watching us to watch that. Right. I might be, I might, <laughs> right. I might be watching it right here. But, um... uh, let's see. There's just one last game to talk about from the Game Awards. And it's probably the one that has the most mystery behind it. And people We're not going to talk about, about In the, the Valley most... of the Gods? No. I had, I had to make some cuts. We couldn't talk about every single thing. Although that game did look pretty cool. Look, I mean, it's Firewatch Guys, so I'm into it. Yeah. The... Firewatch Guys, it's about a... Ancient Egypt, I'm into that. Woman in the Arche... 20s, filmmaker in ancient Egypt. Two women. Well, it's not even ancient Egypt, it's just the 20s. Yeah, well, whatever. ancient Egypt, archaeologists. Yeah. I think, I think they might be together. I think their rings match. Oh, really? I, that's what I thought. I, th I thought I saw that. I was, I was looking. I don't know if I quite nailed it, but it looked like maybe... I'm congested, by the way, because L.A. is burning to the ground. Yeah, it's, uh, the air quality has not been tops. <laughs> I have been taking allergy medicine for four days. I had not taken an allergy pill in, like, two years. And I've had to take it all week because our city is, like, burning down to the ground. Yeah, it's, air quality is okay today. But yesterday, yesterday the wind changed and all the smoke from the Santa Barbara Ventura fires floated over the city. And it, was, it looked like some kind of apocalyptic scene. The whole inside of our apartment is covered in ash. Yeah. Ash. It's not dust. It's oh, ash. Yeah. It came through screens. Everyone's car is, too. Like Crazy. If you look at all, all, all the cars are, are covered in brown and black ash. Yeah. But, it, well, no, so I didn't want to talk about In the Valley of Gods. I wanted to talk about the new From Software game. Because um, that's got a lot to it. Well, you're going to watch this teaser for the next, like, five minutes while we talk about it, looped over and over again. So there's lots of debate online. A lot of people swear it's Bloodborne 2. Mm -hmm. There, there's another faction that says it's a new Tenchu game. Where do you fall, Matt? Well, it's the same font as Bloodborne. Um, and then I heard... I haven't been able to confirm this anywhere, but while, I was, while this was happening, I heard someone said that they were watching it on Mixer, Microsoft streaming service, and they didn't show this. They showed something else. They cut it out. They cut this out, which to me would say Sony exclusive. Interesting. Which would point to Bloodborne. Um, it could I also... mean, it, the fact that it says twice... Doesn't that mean it would be like a sequel, like the second game? Yeah, but in a the franchise? I mean the shadows reference is all shadows fall twice thing is also a, a, it could be a valid reference to Tenchu because Ricky Maru dies and comes back. Um, the and the, you've got the, the the Japanese writing on the on the scroll behind. In the is that Japanese writing yeah. back there? Yeah. Oh, then it's probably Tenchu. Or it's Bloodborne in a different part of the world. Like you don't know. Because that kind of that <laughs> Does kind of like, Bloodborne take part in any world. It can take place wherever you want it to, and right? Like, and that kind of like, but wherever it would take place, that kind of bio Japanese? horror look thing, that's not part of Tenchu. Like that's it a very. Doesn't appear I mean, to I will be. take a new Tenchu game anytime you want to throw yeah, one at yeah. me. I mean, I got no problem with that. Um, but like, you know, I mean, I'll admit, and they might just be choosing the Bloodborne font to try to make you think that's what it is. I mean, they, you know, From Software likes to mess with you a little bit. I'll admit, first blush, I thought Bloodborne 2 without a doubt, mm -hmm. just based upon the visual. But if that's really Japanese writing on that scroll yeah. behind there, then I don't think it is Bloodborne. It could be. Because I don't be think anything. Bloodborne takes place in our existence. 
I don't think if there's any no, but writing also, or anything in a Bloodborne game, it's nothing. It's something that they created. Right, but that also means you can put anything in the, in there. Yeah, but there'd be no Japan in a world like that. There'd be no America. There'd be no anything. It's just this can, void of there whatever. Can be anything you want. Yeah. I, I, to me, I think that points more towards Tenchu. But I agree with you. The I think it, Whatever my, that thing is, that looks 100% Bloodborne. Yeah, well, I think it could point to anything. I mean, it could yeah. point, you know, doesn't have to be Tenchu. What, what is that thing? It looks like an arm. It's an it's arm? An arm or a, it's, an, it's a limb of some kind. Like really? A, like a, like a, I thought it was some weird like this kind of device or I don't something. Know, bone up at the, I mean, there's a bone on the Oh, you're the right. There is a bone there. It's like, it's like a fake like, it's forearm like a fake or something. It's like a fake leg or something. Leg or forearm, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Never yeah. has three seconds of video generated yeah. so much conversation. So Exciting I don't know. nonetheless. I mean, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm. I'll play whatever the hell they want to throw at me at this point, really. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, I was kind of open for a new Armored Core at some point. From has been talking about Armored Core. Yeah. I mean, he said it's going to bring it back. Obviously, I'm I think that's not, not it. it. I mean, that would be a very different direction. <laughs> it sure would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, robots bleed, but <laughs> unless like the new thing is like, oh well, that you basically like strip somebody down to the bones and install them into the mech, like some kind of horror body horror. I mech think that's game. a big stretch, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty big stretch to say that means ninjas, too. No, but, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. Unless it's just, a ninja coming back It could just be something completely different. It could be Shadow Tower. We don't know. Yeah, like, right. It, they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of uh, properties to work with if they want to. And Miyazaki said he's tired of doing Dark Souls. Yeah. So. Or it could be, um, you know, if it wasn't already out, I might look at that and think, oh, maybe it's Neo. Yeah. Um, but, like... It could also be like they're going to do a same thing they did with Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Like they have to make something that isn't that to get away from the Sony exclusivity. So right. they're just making not Bloodborne, but it's Bone in Japan or something. Or something like yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things it could be. I don't think we're going to know for a, a while yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised Jeff I'm just, got that. Right. Well, I'm just glad that you know it's just nice to see. It's like okay, more's coming. Yeah. Something's coming. Like it's it's happening. I'm like, really surprised. Jeff whatever got it is, I feel like most Souls fans are. On board with whatever they want to throw. I'm at just us. trying to think what contact he worked to get that. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't either. There's, Maybe some, there's also so many people saying that, like, one of the buried in that kind of like the, the blood part there, that that is a kunai, like a you know like a ninja throwing yeah, yeah. knife. Like, that could be that. I mean, I don't know. We're probably, we're not going to find out for a long. We're long just doing time. what they want us to do right now. <laughs> like just. This babble is, about From Software's new game. That's one of those files that's going to sit on the TriCaster for a really long yeah. time before we ever run it again. <laughs> Probably a really, really long time. But just time. in case. Yep, just in case. So that's it. That's the Game Awards. I don't think you'll find a more robust wrap-up or a more informed wrap-up as well, obviously, as two people who have worked on gaming award shows for multiple years. So hopefully you enjoyed the discussion. Next, we're going to talk about... Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came mm-hmm. out last week. We didn't really have time to play it. You had played like an hour before the show. Mm-hmm. Wanted to wait until you spent some more time with it. The reviews, people are seem to be loving the game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Xenoblade Chronicles 1. I think that was one of the best JRPGs in years. Um, I like Xenoblade Chronicles X, although uh, I thought the anime stuff got a little overbearing in places. Uh, but I... I kind of was able to get past that in the sense that, like, um, the environment and the world was so interesting to explore, and I played that for, like, 40 hours, and I finally got my mech, and I realized that the mech just made everything more annoying. Yeah. And I kind of tapered off. Uh, This game has all the anime nonsense plus some, and scales back the interesting world. 
Um, I don't like this game very much. Wow. Uh, I think the Matt, uh, I mean, you you are you're a huge Xenoblade fan. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is here's I did a little digging and, and research and like basically this game is made by the B team at Monolith. Oh. They brought in a lot of. Help. We were wondering how are they going to get this yeah. game done. They brought in a lot of help from Triace because uh, a lot of the people that made the first game what it was got pulled over to Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. Which, if you've played both Xenoblade 1 and Breath of the Wild, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, the uh, So this is a lot of Triace tri talent on this, which maybe explains why the characters look like they escaped from a canceled Star Ocean game. Yeah, <laughs> they um, do. And it's just, it's not, it's real standard anime nonsense a lot of times without the mitigating factor of this big world to explore and these interesting things to see. Because, like... The, the the environments just seem a little more folded in than the... There's still interesting stuff, and there's still imaginative monsters, and there's still, like, open spaces to run around in. But I just don't feel like it's... It's not at the scale, and it's not at the level of the last two games. Because um, even if you hated every single story element of Xenoblade Chronicles X, you had to... You stepped out into that world, and you're like, wow, this looks like an alien biome. Pl I mean, there's just... There's so many interesting things to look at and see in that world, and there's not so much of that in this game. Not so far, anyway. I'm 16 hours in, and one of the menu items is still blanked out. So I don't... Jeez. I mean, it's it's not a small game. And the yeah, combat, I don't think you suspected it was. The combat's still good. Like, the combat is solid, and more or less, like, I think the... Because they've added this thing where, um... Well, I guess we could just... No, let's just get to in. it. So we're going to do a play view. Uh, the combat system so, in this game is... The combat system is very is, is intricate in the sense that like there's a lot of stuff to do all the time. Um, this is this is in the first uh, major city you come to, uh, so it's an early area. So what you see here, so, the, so the, the kid in blue is Rex, he's the main character. The, the girl in the stripper outfit is, his, <laughs> is, is the human personification of the sword on his back. So, so each of these, so the characters here, the girl in the yellow is, is a, a real person, and the, the little potato-looking bird Ewok thing is a real person. <laughs> and then the, the cat and the little uh, robo-girl, uh, they're the personifications of their weapons. They're called blades. So, so people who have a blade, they are called drivers. Dri there's a driver and their blade, and the blade kind of stands back and like, shoots like a beam of energy at you during a fight, and... Um, and that's where you get your abilities to do, like, fancy things. And, like, a whole lot of the blades are, like, hot chicks. Uh, for reasons surprise, that, surprise. For re <laughs> well, it is a surprise to me because that hasn't really been part of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 at all. Like, they didn't have that in Xenoblade Chronicles. They had it in, uh, you know, in uh, Every X. other Japanese game. <laughs> but X had a lot of skimpy clothing and nonsense right. like that. But Controversially were... skimpy clothing. So that's how you get your resources. But this is the, so this is the first area... Uh, with real actual, like, you know, open zones you can run around in. And it's, you know, it's very influenced by MMOs, so you, everybody's got a different level, wander into the wrong area, and you're going to have to fight, like, higher-level guys, and they will kill you. Like, you, you know, you, if you wander the wrong place, things go... And as a matter of fact, some are around here. I don't see them At right least they're now. clearly labeled, though. They can be, but, like, the size of the enemy is, is an issue. So, uh, some around here, there's a giant ape... There he is. So he's level eighty-one. He's <laughs> just running around the level nine and yeah. ten. And if and if you if you encounter him in the wrong place, he will one-shot you. He is also if you see that little like 
that curly thing behind the behind the level thing. You see yeah. that little icon. Yeah. That means he's a unique, which means he's even more powerful than a normal level eighty-one. Oh jeez. So if he if he hits me, he'll take off like something like eight thousand hit points in one go. And I think is I it have... easy for that to happen? Or yes, it's it happened. is. If you're not paying attention to your surrounding, because he makes like a circuit around here. Uh huh. And if you're not paying attention to what's happening, he will just come through and kill you. Because in some ways, it's good to kind of entice you with the higher level enemies, mm -hmm. as long as you know they're not going to slaughter you. What is the detriment to dying? Nothing. You, okay. you basically you start at your last fast travel point. Okay. And there's a lot of them. You don't really miss anything. So here we go. We're just going to start killing wolves. Um, so you <laughs> sit. So you sit here and you you auto attack. Uh, the other two guys uh, fight kind of on their own. Uh, you have these uh, little. Uh, these, your your abilities are in the lower right there, and you see that little little pop there. The yeah. little, uh, so so if I use one in during a combo. That little pop hat, little like like you know that thing happens, and I get to uh, a little bonus on my damage. So, and as how much that, control do you have over the other two people attacking? Very you? little. So okay. I can I so periodically you'll see on the sides the um like that there it says Aqua. So yeah. I can hit ZR and she will use her super move her super attack thing. And depending on so that shows like which kind of super attacks right. you're gonna. They and they're can both use. mapped to the shoulder the buttons. Sh the, the two triggers. Yeah. Uh, and then so I can activate that, and then I can activate my own. Uh, so this is my own super move, which will work in conjunction with theirs to create different effects. So like if I use my, because I'm fire, so if I use fire and then she uses heat, we'll get like a steam bomb thing that will do a little extra so damage. So there are kind of kind elemental of sort of yeah, tag Yeah, definitely, there are elemental things, and then if you use like, in, on certain enemies, you use them high enough and like they'll become immune. So like you'll see like that aqua thing now, that, that enemy is resistant to aqua for a, for a time. Why is that, though? Because it wasn't complicated enough as it was. <laughs> yeah. um, because you Like, used, it just randomly happens, or is there a reason why all of a sudden... Because you used an aqua... You use it once, and then they have a resistance. Them. Yeah, and, Got then, it. and then, like... So, so it keeps you from spamming the same right. you attack. can't just spam, and then, like, you, there's, you'll see a little tree appear in the upper right, and that will kind of, like, dictate... Um, Look the, at that HUD, dude. Yeah, it's just constant. It is just cluttered. Their, their algorithm is going to see this shit, no problem. Like, I mean, look <laughs> at that right now. That whole screen is look just covered with something. It's insane. How so, long does it take you to really kind of get the hang of it? Well, they ease you into it pretty well, but it doesn't explain a lot of stuff very well. So a lot, like, I'm not even sure I'm totally right about what I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, but I'm not dying, and that's all I care about. Right, you right. know what I mean? Um... And there's still, if you look, uh, if you look at the, I can't go to the menu right now, but I will once this this fight. And you'll see, like we pulled a bunch of extra wolves in on this, like during the. You got to run around and pick up stuff, like physically or before it disappears. Oh, it does disappear. It can I hate disappear. That. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. How is the leveling as far as like? It's how fine. It's and it's paced well. It's paced okay, and actually they give you a lot of control over that because. Um, uh, oh, we got more attacks. Somebody came in. Okay, more. More these wolves. Um, so it it's actually it's actually paced in an interesting way because um, so what happens is when you do side quests and stuff, uh, you get like you know you get items and you get gold and stuff. You get XP, but that XP is not actually. Oh, I can do a super here with the cutscene here. Um, so this is your level four move. So how do you trigger that? What does it take to... You just have to keep using um, your your arts, your moves down there, and you'll see... Uh, 
So you see, uh, I use that, and you'll see the the the, the square on the on the right. Yeah. That is the super move. Oh, okay. With your blade, your blade art thing. So the more I use that, it'll fill. So now you see, it says one. Right. So now the more I do that, it'll fill up to a maximum of four, and four is your kind of cutscene super move thing. Uh, and they're all they're all of a various form of uh, like uh, uh, what you call it. Um, QTE stuff. There's always going to be a little, and you, and some. Like you had to jam the B button there. Yeah, and so and also if you let the your companions save up their super stuff, like during boss fights and stuff, they will use cutscene like related super moves that like you have to do the same kind of uh, QTEs on. Uh, so the boss fights can actually get pretty pretty crazy. I and, bet and pretty. Uh, Long. Like I've had a couple of long fights. Um, I mean, these fights, just to hack up a couple of wolves, it takes yeah, forever. Yeah, it's just going and going and going. And these guys are level 9, I'm level 20. Wow. I mean, this is how long this is taking. Um, oh, wow. And actually, that's a good tip if you are going to play this. Um, early on, you're kind of set off into this... War this like when A character gets kidnapped and somebody's missing, and you're kind of set, off set loose in this area. And I started trying to do side quests just with Rex and just got... Housed, really? like it was, like you are Dude, not. These enemies have so many hit points. Yeah, you are not supposed to be out here without at least two other companions, really. So uh, be aware that, like, you know, if you're like me and you want to like complete everything before you move on, you're probably not going to be able to do that in a lot of cases. Interesting. Need, Does that drive to... you crazy? Eh, it's all right. <laughs> so the the side quests give you um, XP, and the the trick is it doesn't apply it directly to your character. There goes big dude back there. I mean, he could have just walked in <laughs> there and have. just destroyed you guys. Um, so the, it applies the XP from the quests and the side quests to your character, and you don't get access to that unless you go sleep at an inn. And uh, then you get to choose to level up your characters with that extra XP, and the idea is that it's there if you want to like overpower your character, or if you want to kind of have more of a challenge, you can not level them up with that XP and uh, you know, stay at a lower level. Uh, so, so you only really get one sort of super attack? It's always the same one? Yeah. At least so far. But the trick is that, like, so the blade thing, you know, I'm, like I said, like, everybody's got these blades. If I if this fight ever finishes, oh I will God, show these you. wolves, dude. <laughs> and I don't I'm even... sorry, maybe, these wolves. Wolves, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even, like, maybe I'm doing something wrong, and that's why we're getting, you know, it's taking so long. I don't, I don't really know. Like, but all I know is... Does I'm the not game not do a great job of teaching you all this I stuff? I don't think it does. I don't really? feel like it does. And there is actually, a, like, a vendor where, like, you can buy tips for things, but I haven't done that because I'm low on money. You pay game currency for tips? And we got another wolf. Like, I don't see... He must be near, like, a spawn point or something. Maybe. But, like, that shouldn't... You shouldn't... What be... was that right there, that QTE? That was, like, a low-level super oh, okay. I use because I just want to set them on fire so I can get a little extra damage off yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you'll see here, so, like, I'm doing that thing, I pop, like, so there's no healing uh, skills, really. Really? Uh, what it is, is you'll, you'll see, like, uh, health potions will just pop out of the enemies. And so, like, the idea is, like, you have, you have certain arts that are guaranteed to create a health potion. Um, the problem comes when... Like, oh my god, a, did you kill them? No, there's still one left. There's still one left. <laughs> the problem comes when there's you're fighting like in a lot of like the weird uh like the weird geography because you know, you're fighting up on cliffs and other those potions can just fall off the cliff uh, and stuff like That drove me crazy in Breath of the Wild too, how stuff after after you kill an enemy, yeah, it can just fall down more. a cliff and it's just gone. And like it's just there's a there's a constant polish problem with this game. I think it, it is one of the most unpolished it feels rushed it feels like one of the most unpolished things i've ever seen nintendo publish so maybe it shouldn't have come out it may, maybe maybe we maybe were not. right by saying it shouldn't it maybe won't not. come out this year and um 
it's weird. And like the like constantly stuff's getting stuck in geog ge geometry. Um, stuff's falling through the world. Uh, Not really. That's very rare for a Nintendo game. It's yeah, it's it's extremely weird. Um, it, normally, this kind of stuff does not make it through Nintendo's. You uh, would also think too that hey, we got Mario coming out. Do we really need this? Why not push it back to I March? Think, you know, or... As much as much as I wanted to play this, I feel like that's a valid question. Yeah, like it's it's uh, it's still going. It really it's still <laughs> yeah, the wolves will not can't, stop. Can't kill all the wolves. <laughs> I swear. So Matt, is that it? More? Oh, you. Okay, we're moving over yeah, here. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're in a spawn area or something where they just keep spawning. But you see what I mean? Like I, I've never run into that before. Like I, there we go. Maybe show uh, go to like so, the yeah. level up screen. Yeah, so, so you can see it. So let me show. I'll just show you this. So th yeah, so you got your character and their blade, and this is another blade I've equipped. So you so you can get more blades, loot box style. If everybody's uh, ready really? for that. So what you do is you can go to. Um, your blades and you go to bond blade and i'm gonna get a new so you can pick one of the other one of these two because the other character i'll get into but that is so these are the very so you're common there's rare it's very rare and you can boost them using these like little extra things that you pick up i haven't really figured out like you know the, what the significance of that so you, <laughs> so you do this and uh you know he'll open this thing and they could have microtransaction this or I'm surprised that you, you don't get these through amiibos. Yeah. I'm surprised that like you can't use amiibos and get like Metroid themed like blades or like Zelda themed. That would have been something. smart, actually. That'd have been a good. Maybe idea. they didn't have time to get it in. So yeah. here we go. So now this 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 blade came out of this. He's got a sword. This is not a rare blade. He's just sort of a, a standard gray guy. Quite an elaborate entrance. Oh yeah, they do it up. This gives me a little bit of a Persona vibe. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, so you can set him however you want. I'm not going to right now. Uh, you've got a Blade album. So these are all the rare ones. Like, And you can see there's like, you know, silhouettes. Most of them are hot girls. Again, reminds me a lot of Persona. Yeah. Um, just, just, yeah. It's it's real anime. It's, <laughs> like, I mean, look at that. That's some Sailor Moon shit right there. This one seems to have a guitar or a broom. Yeah, flying know. V, it looks like. So I haven't gotten any of these. I've cashed in a lot of these, but like they're actually really rare. And if you go all the way down here, I think, you will see that is the, the Cosmos from Xenoblade. Oh, wow. Uh, so there's a, there's a guest character, at least one guest character in here. So, Matt, it seems like you have a lot of small, maybe not even small, issues with this game. Yeah. That have added up. Yeah, well, like for instance, okay, so like narratively, I just think it's kind of creepy in a lot of ways, just because I've like all the the blades are sort of their servants or their pets, and like some of right. them are hot girls, and then you kind of have the obvious yeah. connection there. <laughs> so the, the little the little guy there, uh, he can't bond with a blade because it's like if you don't bond properly, it like kills you or hurts you or something. So he built this one that the girl there, uh, Poppy, is a robot. It's a robot blade. So so he built her, and. Um, 
when she and like it like he comes she comes to life and like she's got like this maid persona at first and like he's got a closet full of maid outfits for her and like Pyra your blade here she's like all like oh that's weird that's not cool and I'm like uh, you are an indentured servant weapon persona dressed like a stripper yeah. who is la- later forced to cook for the whole party on oh, a regular really? and I'm like the game's got a tone problem yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Uh, that just didn't exist in Xenoblade Chronicles 1 like that yeah. wasn't a thing and like everyone I mean, everyone's wearing a the freaking you know Final Fantasy X belt things and everything like there's no yeah I'm not a fan of the art style in this at all really. but that's the thing is like the art style doesn't even stick because no one's dressed like that in town right it's like it's it's it I don't think it hangs together very well in that regard and the and the story is very standard anime trope like I will I'll defend you and we have to get her there because we're fr- you know there and there, you know there's a lot of chatter during the battles because like that's just one thing Zen- I have what read about this does. though is that the game's story gets good at the end well that doesn't at, like that the doesn't 70 help, hour yeah it doesn't help you 70 hours in but <laughs> yeah. it's like there's a like there's like a whole cuz yeah like, everybody else is kind of like in a normal fantasy game and we're all running around like we're about to head to Comic-Con you know like it's, <laughs> um this game is a good value though right I mean, if you, if you can, spend 60 bucks, you're going to get 80 yeah, to 90 I mean, hours if, out if of it. If you don't, I mean, there's also not really anything like it on the system. Like, yeah. if, if, the, if the anime garbage doesn't bother you, like, you're, you're golden, basically. Yeah. Um, it does bother me. And even this is speaking to someone who, have, having now unpacked all my DVDs and Blu-rays, was like, wow, I have a lot of anime. <laughs> um, but I'm very picky about that stuff. And like, what was that just is that flying through the air there? Oh, no, that's the shadow of the... Uh, uh, the windmill. windmill thing. The there's, the lighting in this is definitely. People were complaining that like this runs at like 720 a handheld or, or low. I'm not surprised. By low that handheld and like 900, maybe 720 docked as well. I don't yeah. remember. I, I don't remember the digital foundry thing. But like everyone's like, oh, it doesn't look any different from Xenoblade Chronicles X. No, the lighting in this is a big step up. Yeah, like, you can tell. Like the there's a lot going on here with the lighting and like. Again, I don't think the world is as interesting in terms of geo, geo, geography. But like, it does look nice, and it, it's it's a, it's a little rough. It's a little rough, but it captures something. You know yeah. what I mean? The other thing that bugs me is so you've got so you got the mini map there, right? Yeah. And if I hit the L L three, you can see like a larger map of the same area, which doesn't really help me right. that much. But cool. And if I click it again, it's gone. So that's the only map you have, unless if you want if you want to see where something is in kind of the larger area you're in, you have to hit start. You have to go to the skip travel, a fast travel. You got to figure out where you are. You got to hit that, and then you got to figure out what part of that area you're in, and then you can scroll through all this and see a larger map. That's uh, how you get to any. That's wow. the only map you have access to. Wow. And I'm like, I have a feeling that might be patched. That ha- I would think so. <laughs> I, I just don't see the point of having to make me go through through four screens to do that. So um, you've played almost 20 hours of this. Do you think the reviews are off? Kilter here. I just think the review people. A lot of people who reviewed this game don't mind the the infiltration of the anime stuff right. the way I do. I just I one of the reasons I loved Xenoblade Chronicles One was it didn't have this stuff in it. It was a straight up. I mean, it had some of it, but it was like a straight up fantasy game that played everything pretty straight. Everybody looked like they fit in the world. Nobody looked like they escaped from a, an X seed game from the PS3. <laughs> you know, like this. Is the other thing that bugs me. I mean, look, I I'm not saying I haven't played those games. I'm pretty well versed in some of these. 
these things. And this, the whole blade thing is played a little too close to the Revitale thing from the Arch and Elico series. And I know you don't know what I'm talking about right I, now. Yeah. Oh, I but, do actually. I mean, but those were games on the PS3, and they were they were by uh, Gust, I think, no, or I they were something them. Exceed yeah. or something. But basically, the Revitales were like robot girls who were like the same thing. They were, they helped you fight. And they were kind of there was sort of a weird relationship building boyfriend girlfriend thing, and you had to upgrade them with crystals and like upgrading them with the crystals, inserting the crystals in them was basically straight played like straight up softcore porn. Yeah. That is not here obviously because it's Nintendo, but there is a lot of weird innuendo. But do they about like? That. Yeah, I was gonna ask that. Do they act like the two like you and the blade might get together? Oh yeah. Oh really? Oh, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of like. Rex, but are they Rex- real? They're not real. People, they, but right? kind, yeah. I mean, they're real things. I don't know what they. They haven't really gone into. I mean, they're they, you know the 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 cat is a real talking magic cat who, by the way, is voiced by Vesemir from with The Witcher. Oh, really? And so something he'll be he'll be like he'll be like uh, you know herbs re- restore a soul kind of. I'm just like thanks, yeah. Vesemir. We're cool. Yeah, we got it. Um, Should people buy this, Matt? Uh, I mean, it's it, what it is is not bad, but it's like. I don't like the tone and I don't like the art direction in comparison to the first game, which is what I'm comparing it to strongest. Because Xenoblade Chronicles X also had that going on, but I gave it I gave it kind of a slide because it was not main. It wasn't the mainstream, you know, game. It was right. it was a side story kind of thing. It was a sci-fi thing more than fantasy. It was a completely different world. And it did the world thing very well. It, it, you know, it felt like going to like Pandora or something from Avatar. It was like, wow, they really thought this place out, and it all hangs together. And I'm, I can't wait to see what's over that weird hill, and what you know, get my my mech so I can jump up on top of those things and see the whole world from like laid out in front of me. And that's not here for me as much in this, not yet anyway. And I feel like at 20 hours in, I should have that if oh, it's yeah, going to show sure. up. Um, as you know. It's it's not bad. Like I don't like, but it's just not. It's not a thing like the first game where like I would wake up in the morning and like I gotta go turn Xenoblade on again. Wow. Okay. You know? And it's not that like isn't it. here for me in this game. And it's like the worst thing is like for this game I could literally if I brought the the, the switch upstairs I could literally just pull it off the nightstand and Absolutely. turn it on as yeah, soon as I yeah. woke up. <laughs> and you're but not I just doing it. I don't do that. I'm you know. So I'm it doesn't not, have that same that same draw as the prior. No, games. I I think the the move into kind of being like this more standard anime trope thing has soured it for me. And if if that doesn't bother you, then I mean it's very recognizably Xenoblade. If you also yeah, if you're a solo switch owner, you don't have any other platforms. Once you finish up Mario, you're already finished with Zelda, probably, or maybe yeah. not, depending on what we're going to talk about next. But this may be a nice gap filler for you until the next big thing comes out, because the next big thing could be a ways away. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, I mean, and that depends on your definition of big thing, really. I mean, if you want to call the next big thing like the frickin', a port of Smash the Yoshi game, sure. Yeah, no, the Yoshi and Kirby stuff are do not fall into those. Yeah, and there's little category. things you can like. I don't know if I have any. So these are like salvage points for like, yeah, you use a cylinder and you play this little like QTE. There's a lot of QTE in this game. There's a little QTE thing. So the depending on how well you do on this, what? The better loot you find, so what? like, so he could, he's a salvager. That's his diving suit uh-huh. that he wears, and uh, he'll come back up with a bunch of loot, and uh, usually a treasure chest, and like sometimes an enemy. And uh, so you, the one thing before you fight the enemy, you got to pick all this stuff up because it'll disappear during the fight. Right, I hate that. I hate that about any game where the loot disappears. And uh, if you are um, like, if you're fighting a boss and there's a cutscene afterwards, you will automatically get all the loot at the end of the fight. Oh, that's. But good. if the fight lasts too long, it can blink out of existence. So you got to keep your eye on that. Just leave it there, man. Let yeah, me get I know. It. <laughs> like, I know. It's so I mean, simple. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm right there with you. Yeah. But uh, that's what that's how they did it. All right. Well, thanks for the demo, Matt. Uh, I think my biggest question was like, how does the combat system work? Because I've watched trailers, mm. I've even read articles about it, and I can I mean, never. I'm not, I'm not sure I've helped you there at all. No, I think you did definitely, a... without a doubt. I mean, but it's like I was saying earlier with the HUD. There's so much yeah, information a lot of on the screen. I mean, the secret, the secret is I just don't look at most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I look at my arts, and I look at my health, and I just try to keep on top of it. You know and what you need to do to that's attack. That's all it is. All right. Well, thanks for the demo, Matt. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 out on Switch right now. It's actually been out for like a week now. Would it's you recommend maybe people waiting for a price drop on that game? I don't know. I mean, if... It is huge, I mean. If you're unsure because of the change in tone and look, yeah, maybe wait. Because, look, what you're looking at there, it's as bad as you think it is. Yeah. If you're looking at that and being like, oh, I don't like how they all look like they're out of some kind of mid-2000s harem anime. Like, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like it that is that. Thing. There's a lot of that, and there's, there's, um, there's a lot of that weird, awkward, like, wacky humor that doesn't, like, you know, that you'd expect in, like, I don't know, like an Azumanga Dayo kind of thing, but, like, doesn't really fit into an epic fantasy quest sort of thing. Yeah. Um... And it's just, it's, I just find it old. I mean, I mean I've been watching stuff like that since Urusai Yatsura back in the 80s, and it's just like I've seen it, and it's not done particularly well here. And, like, the, the story of the world and how this is all kind of fitting together is more interesting, and I just haven't seen a lot of that yet because it just, it, it's a little glacially paced. And especially if you're trying to do enough side quests to kind of, like, because doing side quests levels up the area. Which lets you buy more things, and actually, if you if you level up the area enough that you buy that you can buy all the things in a store, one of each thing, at least once of each thing that a store sells, you can then buy a deed that makes you own the store, and the the deed will give you some special bonus, like in gameplay. So, like one of the one of the stores I own uh, gives me, uh, uh, I think it's like a couple feet extra radius of pickup. Ability, so I can pick up coins and loot like a little further away than I could before yeah, for yeah. buying that. So there's like a lot of stuff like that, and like to get that up to that level, and also to get better prices, you complete side quests, talk to people, discover fast travel locations, and it levels up areas, uh, development levels it calls. So there is an there is incentive to explore, but at the same time. That takes a while. Like some of these side quests are like, bring me five winding gears. Well, like those winding, those winding gears, you get them through that salvage mini game I just did, which like you have to play it like a hundred times to get. Well, them. I was save scumming it because like you can only afford so many of the cylinders uh, that let you do that. So I would buy them and I'd save and I would jump and save. if I didn't get a winding yeah. gear, I'd reload. And there is no way to reload the save. You have to quit the app and then start oh, it again geez. for the menu, which is actually really fast because it's a cartridge, so it's not that bad. Right. But um, there's a lot of that going on, uh, or at least early on before I could afford anything. Uh, and actually doing that long enough actually got me enough, because you can sell loot or you can wait for the loot to complete sets and sell them to this like other vendor, and some of the sets are worth like 20,000 gold, and like you're talking about picking up five gold at a time, so that's a <laughs> lot of gold. Yeah. Um, so, but it's like, there's been a lot of stuff like that, and so the story is very drawn out at this point. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, uh, it's not on the level of the first game in any sense, and it is not on the level of Xenoblade Chronicles X in terms of giving you a world to kind of run around and explore and discover, uh, to mitigate the fact that you have to go back to town and deal with all this anime crap. Um... <laughs> But at least it doesn't have that weird soundtrack from Xenoblade Chronicles X. The music in Xenoblade Chronicles X was ready, I was ready to rip the speaker out of the TV yeah. at a certain point. And this, the mu music in this is actually really good. It's uh, by Mitsuda. 
Um, so the soundtrack's great. If you don't buy the game, maybe pick up the soundtrack. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our last topic of our last regular episode of Game Face for 2017. We're going to talk about the story DLC for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's called The Champion's Ballad. Um, I spent a good part of yesterday playing this, Matt. Um, I think calling this story DLC is a huge misnomer. Um, nah, that's kind of par for the course of this game, though. Uh, well, Not a lot of story in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it, but there's none mm. <laughs> in this. I have not finished the DLC completely. Um, it is really, from what I've gathered so far, is just like 15 or 20 new shrines to play through. Mm. So it starts out, you're seeing the beginning of it here. It actually starts out, if, if you've downloaded it, you get a message that comes in once you boot up the game. It says, hey... Go to the shrine. And this is after you've beaten the main game? Or? You have to have beaten all of all four all the of the beasts. Guardian. Divine Beasts, yeah. Before it'll start. And I had already done that. Obviously, I had to finish the game. So I booted up, and you get a little message that says, Hey, go here and put the tablet in the shrine, and it kind of kicks things off. And what happens is it starts out, you get this weapon that you're seeing right now. This weapon will one-hit kill anything. The catch... Is that you? You can you have one half of a heart left of health, so mm. you get one hit. So you get the weapon. They're like you can one hit kill anything, and it has a cooldown, so you can't just like spam it or whatever. So you have to be smart about it. Um, and then you also can only take one hit before you die. And so there's basically four different sections of the map that you have to go to, and you get there, and there's like a group of enemies you have to defeat first. Once you defeat the group of enemies. Shrine rises up from out under the ground, and you have to complete the shrine. You have to do that four times. You go back. There still isn't a cinema. There's no cinema in this at all. There's no characters really in it at all. Um, once you defeat the four shrines at first, you do kind of meet a character from the campaign um, who just basically has some text. There's no cinemas per se with mm. that character. Um, and then it's, he's like, okay, well, here's four more places that you need to go to and find the shrines and complete the shrines. And that's really what the DLC yeah. is. Well, I mean, I kind of expected it in the sense that, like, you couldn't upgrade Link all the way in the, in the vanilla game. So I figured the main thing this was going to do was add the missing shrines to let you get enough, uh, um, whatever the hell that thing you used to up I know you, I've been so long since I played this I don't even remember what you get. Well, it was crazy. I had not played this game. It said when I booted it up it said over 6 months or whatever. I oh, think my my last save was March 31st. Yeah. That's yeah. how long it's been. Cuz I did I boot this up when the when the DLC went live and I looked at all the quests that popped up and I just turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eh, I got it. I don't It took me a little while. I just watched 3 hours of the game awards. I'm tired. Yeah, I it took me a little while to remember how to play the game. Yeah. Like I'd forgotten like all the button combinations and everything. It, it probably took me about 35 or 40 minutes to kind of get back into the groove with it, which isn't that bad. Um, but yeah, it's basically just 16 new shrines to complete. And you're, there aren't really any new mechanics or abilities that you get other than, I said, that weapon. Because once you complete mm -hmm. those first four shrines, the weapon isn't a part of it anymore. You go back and you have your normal health and all that kind of stuff again. Well, eventually you get the motorcycle, right? If you right. Do everything. Which... Because he has... Because Link riding a, <laughs> a magic horse motorcycle, that makes sense. But playing as a girl, that's ridiculous. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but uh, even when you're playing through these shrines, though, you can only take one hit and you die. 
So like in this particular thing you're seeing right here, like if one spike mm. hits you, you die. You're done. And you'll have to go back so there's, out. There's no way to get more health? No. If you as get, long... even if you take, if you eat food, it just doesn't count. Mm. There's no way to get more than half, like it's a quarter heart, not even a half a heart. Um, so if you touch anything that's a danger or a spike, you die immediately. You have to start the whole shrine over again. Um, and that holds true with like, because a lot of times you have to defeat this group of enemies before the shrine will appear. Uh, you take one hit from any of those enemies, you die. And it can mm. be a little infuriating to like take out like 10 or 15 enemies and have some guy come up to you and just like stick oh, you with a pole. Yeah. <laughs> and you just die immediately, have to start it all over again. Uh, but it doesn't introduce really any new weapons or abilities or anything like that that kind of gives it more of a motivation to uh, to play. Because look, I didn't 100% this game. Uh, there are literally probably 300 shrines or whatever that I have yet to play that I just got tired of playing the game and didn't go back and, and finish them. Here's 16 more. You know, mm -hmm. does that is that going to motivate you to go back and play this? I don't know. Um, you get you don't get any more like story or backstory about any of the no. champions or anything like that. No man, like I, there was some banter. The, the trailer really seems to kind of play oh, them I know, up, dude. It seemed like there was going to be like all these cinemas and cutscenes. There was nothing. Like most of it's all done with text. There's a couple like environmental pans. Forgot how to fix stuff up there. Yeah, <laughs> I did yeah. that too. I'm like, wait, hat what? Yeah, how I, I forgot how oh, to okay. play almost all of the game. To be honest with you, it took me a little while to get back into the groove, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I had already had, apparently I already had the code. I thought I was going to have to pay for it. And when I booted up the game, it just started downloading it automatically. Mm -hmm. So I think whatever code Nintendo gave me back in the day just... Must have been everything. Yeah, yeah. it gave me everything. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all it is. I am disappointed. Mm. <laughs> I really, you're right, because the trailers that they put out for this, it seemed like it was like, okay, we're getting the whole band together or whatever, yeah. and it's like going to be this epic quest, and it's really not. It's just like, hey, here's four spots on the map. Go find them. Um, and then you find those, and you complete those, and then you go back and talk to somebody else, and he's like, hey, here's four more. Mm. And you go back, and you complete, and it's just this cycle until you finish them all, and then you get hey, the... bomb arrows. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That chest, like a bomb arrows. Uh, I mean, look, I had fun with it because I hadn't played mm. Breath of the Wild in a long time, so I did have fun kind of going back and just playing through uh, some of the some shrines again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it wasn't like bad. It, it seems like it's nice, like if you haven't played the game yet, like it feels like maybe it completes it more. It like, does, more, but I mean, there's so much content in the game already. It's like. I just can't imagine people needing more of this. Like, I couldn't finish it all the, anyway. Like, I never finished all those shrines in the first place. So, like, they're like, here, here's 16 more. I'm like, well, that's funny. I can see five out there right now yeah. that I never completed the first time I played the game. So, I mean, I think really it is for the people who completed it 100% and just yeah. want more of the game. Um, well, and I mean, there's, there's a nice little reward for people to do it, but... I'm glad to have it in the sense that it was bugging me that I didn't have those last couple of hearts, you know? yeah. I mean, this is... You're right, though. This will give you, like, that... For the completionist, Yeah, it'll give people, like, that closure. Because there weren't enough shrines to fully upgrade Link right. until now. Right. And now there are. And everyone can complete their collection, so to speak. Complete Link, so to speak. Um, so I, for, for that group of people, you're absolutely right. Like, there's some value in it. But I think if you're somebody like me who played the game for 50 hours instead of 100 and... Played it enough so that you didn't have to torture yourself to finish the game and, and finish the final boss. I don't think there's all that much value 
in it, to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest. Because you've already made the decision that you had enough of it. Here's more of it, is basically what, what, what it is. So, uh, again, I had fun. I enjoyed the time I spent playing it, but... It also made me realize a lot of the things I didn't like about the game in the first place. And it also, I, I will say, in a lot of ways, I'm glad I went back and played it again before next week's episode. Mm. Because Game of the Year's coming up. And, like, you know, time has a way of either flavoring your opinion for the positive or the negative. Um, and I, I honestly would say that over the last nine months or whatever, my opinion of this game has gone up. Even though now, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's better than I thought it was. Because so many people told me how good it right. was, and I was like, okay, I just didn't get it. But now that I've gone back and played it again, I see all the stuff that I didn't like about it. And I'm now I'm also playing Horizon Zero Dawn, and I'm comparing this game to Horizon. And you look at like the DLC for Horizon compared to this DLC, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like night and day. So, yeah, I mean, look, if you've already got the season pass... You're, you're playing. Yeah, you're in, yeah. Um, as far as... I don't know if you can even buy this separately. I don't think you can. You can't. I think you have to buy the whole season pass. And to be honest, if you're going to spend money, like you're going to want was in the first bundle anyway because the quality of life improvements, at least at the map and stuff, are, are I think, are essential once you get enough of the, that the game finished. You're, I mean, look, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, uh, that is one thing I also noticed was I hadn't played since all those little things came out. So it was cool to kind of experience all this stuff that like they had put in the game since I played it. And you're right, a lot of it probably should have been in the game from the beginning. It wasn't, but at least they did work to get it in ultimately. Mm -hmm. At, least they, at least they let us buy things that completed the game later. Yeah, yeah. And look, it is a better game now than it was when it came out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel a little bit about that with the fact that there weren't enough shrines to upgrade Link. Yeah. And like... You know, I think the game should have been complete when it came out, and these should have been bonus. I mean, they're but, basically saying, like, you want to complete the game as a completionist, yep. you're going to have to buy the season bucks. pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's pretty crazy. It's also weird that they're not selling it a la carte, that you can't pick what... Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I, could, I thought they were going to do that, but maybe that comes later. I, don't I know. think, honestly, you're paying the 20 bucks for this, mm -hmm. is what it really comes down to. Those other updates are, like, they're pretty insignificant. There's like the master whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the, the saddle that lets you summon the horse wherever you are is pretty, or the bright, whichever that is. There's one, there's some item you get that lets you summon the horse wherever you are. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty good. And the thing again, that, something that probably should again, have been yeah. In the and game. the thing, the little thing you can drop that gives you an instant fast travel point wherever you are. You can travel back to it again. Should have been in the main game. Yeah. But like. Those are those are essential quality of life upgrades, especially once you've played this game for like 50 hours and you just need to get some stuff done. Yeah. So I guess that's my recommendation. Uh, if you're someone who 100%ed what you could of this when it came out, buy it, play it, you're going to love it. If you're someone who finished the game, beat the end boss, and was like, I'm not going back and doing more, it's really not worth buying. Because you're just adding 16 more shrines onto the... 50 or whatever you had left to complete in the first place that you weren't interested in completing. Um, so, I don't know. I definitely expected a lot more out of this than what I got out of it. Uh, and even, like, I would say some of the shrines aren't even, like, the best shrine, hmm. some of the better shrines in the game despite all this time. And I kind of thought that the shrines might incorporate some stuff in them that I hadn't really... Right fiddled around with before but it's all just kind of the same stuff like i mean i definitely hey here's a pool of water you can't get up there you create an ice block I, I mean i definitely expected it to be those shrines but i thought there would be more 
to it. Context that. and story. Yeah. yeah, very little. So I thought there'd be like a reason those shrines weren't there, you know? Right. But no, I mean, you apparently just, the guy with the accordion just didn't tell you about them yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you go to the locations and you kill the monsters and then they just come up out of the dirt. Mm. There you go. All right. So there you have it. My take on the first ever Legend of Zelda story DLC. First time we've ever got anything like that for a Zelda game, yeah. which is pretty crazy to think about. But hopefully they'll do better next time. Obviously, most people aren't complaining. It was just given Game of the Year by, like, and it's going to be given Game of the Year by God knows how many publications. Mm. I'm guessing about 75% of all publications. All of, yeah, all of them plus two. Yeah. Unless you're PC only, I guess. Right. PC Gamer, no. Like RPS, rock, paper, no. rock, paper, shotgun. <laughs> yeah. They may even try to find a way. <laughs> Maybe not Eurogamer. Like, like... Oh, no. Dude, Eurogamer signed, sealed, delivered oh, yeah. Breath of the Wild. Oh, my God, dude. Eurogamer is the world's biggest Nintendo okay, fan well, site. Well, then Polygon will pick some twee thing that isn't yeah. mainstream. That they can or Polygon do. will find something to piss people off. Right. That seems to be what it does. It's like a troll They'll website. give it to Night in the Woods. Or, or They'll give it to the Tomorrow Children, a game that came out in 2016 and you can't even play anymore. <laughs> So no one can ever prove them wrong. I wouldn't know. I'm banned <laughs> from Polygon. All right. It's time for our trailer of the week, folks. Obviously, this was an amazing week for trailers. In fact, I love that damn Death Stranding trailer so much, I even thought about running it anyway, but no. Uh, we don't have nine minutes. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. We, uh, we also needed to use a lot of trailers for B-roll on the show. So the trailer that I chose for this week is a clever trailer from Bethesda. That Matt said before the show he feels like is uh, Bethesda's way of saying, buy our games. You dicks. <laughs> you like, dicks. I mean, because it, it's true. Like, they put out some really quality single-player stuff this year and nobody cared. Yeah, Bethesda's had a rough year. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. You got Prey and you got Wolfenstein and you got uh, and that other none one. None of them have done great. What's that other And they one? got all the VR stuff that's coming out. But, like, I mean, Prey is criminally underrated yeah. at this point. Well, I don't think it's underrated. Underpurchased. Underknown. Yeah. Under-talked about, I guess. Yeah. And you have Dishonored 2 that Dishonored 2 did terrible. Yeah. It's been a tough year and for the, Bethesda. Uh, what was, the, what was the, the death of the Outsider or whatever that was? Yeah, they're the DLC yeah. for Dishonored 2. Although they tried to act like it was standalone. Kind of a standalone. Yeah. I guess. It's still Dishonored 2 to me. Same engine, same everything, so... So yeah, it's been a rough year for Bethesda, and Bethesda is striking back with a brand new hashtag campaign uh, called Save Player One. Um, so it's, uh, it stars Linda Carter. For you young bucks, you may not realize she was the original Wonder Woman mm-hmm. on television back in the day, and I might add, was one of my very first crushes as a young lad. I have a feeling a lot of people around my age <laughs> yeah, Linda- had some funny feelings over Linda Carter back in the uh, 70s and 80s, and I was definitely one of them. So... Uh, don't forget, get your questions into the chat right now. At Sifted Games will help us pluck them out of uh, all the madness. So here it is. Save Player One trailer from Bethesda. Every hour around the globe, neglected gamers feel lonely, shunned by their multiplayer counterparts. But here at Bethesda, we are working toward a solution. We make all sorts of games, but single-player experiences are a big part of our DNA. Hi, I'm Linda Carter. You may remember me from such performances as 
the lounge singer in Fallout 4. Or this other project where I played a woman of wonder, uh, a really wonderful woman, you know. Anyway, let's forget about that. Today I'm here to talk to you about something serious. The need to save single-player gamers. Everyday gamers in search of a single-player experience are left behind. Forgotten, neglected, many were rescued and found their way into amazing adventures, but others, well, they weren't as fortunate. For the price of just a few Nuka-Cola quantums, you can share the fun of an epic single-player journey today. Together, we can end the pain for single-player gamers in need. Right? We work together. Yeah. So somebody pointed out the other game that Bethesda put out that did not do well is The Evil Within 2. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's an entire year of underperforming games. Yeah, but it ain't, if it's not called Fallout or Elder Scrolls, forget it. I yeah, guess. I mean, maybe they should worry more about the new Elder Scrolls game that people have been begging them for for the last, like, three years. Mm-hmm. It's like, how many more times can you repackage Skyrim? At least one, yeah. I would think. <laughs> guess so. Uh, all right, let's get to some questions. There's already a bunch in our chat. Um, w. Matthew, who has always asked great questions. MPD confirmed that Battlefront's two sales are way down compared to Battlefront 1 and Call of Duty World War 2. Looks like the online complaining seemed to have impacted. What do you think? Yeah, so uh, sales of Battlefront 2 are a million less mm-hmm. than they were at the same time for the first game. Which we may recall I called yeah. last week. Yeah, because we, um, that was part of Fantasy or Reality. High low or, or High Low. I can't remember yeah, which one it was. Remember. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, again, so I expect, with, even without the loot box controversy, I think this was going to sell lower because the Star Wars hype is not at a fever pitch, not yet. I mean, the, the advertisements for The Last Jedi content might help that as, yeah. the, as the movie becomes, you know, a big thing next week, becomes the dominates pop culture next week, probably. Um, but I think a lot of the people that bought Battlefront 1 and made it a hit are Star Wars fans who just wanted to play a Star Wars game, and they have a Star they have Wars it. game. They, got they don't it. need to go pay 60 bucks to buy another game that looks exactly like the one they already have. I because you're add. right, they're not, like I said, my one friend actually right. is jumping in and getting it. But you're right, most yeah. people got their Star Wars game, and they're not gamers, so... Per se. Yeah, they're like not the three... like us. They're like the people who watch Game Face. Right. So the people I know who are Star Wars fans who are interested in Battlefront 2 asked me, but I had no idea that this loot box thing was even a thing. Right. They yeah. always want to know whether they should buy this or whether it was the same game they already had. They literally ask me, is it the same game I already have? Like, well, that's a... what the perception of video I'm like, well, games well, there's a is. two on the other end of it, so of course <laughs> it's not the same game you already have. It's like, but they think of it like Madden. No, you know I think mean? a lot of like more casual players look at games that way. They're yeah. like, you know what? I can buy one in this whole franchise, and I'm good. And I'm good, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think while the loot box thing did impact sales you know, to people like us, I think you're talking about a couple hundred thousand there. Yeah. I think the big chunk of that lower sales is because it's the same game, again, for the same systems... That looks very much like what people already own. And, you know, the Star Wars was back. Oh, my God, it's back. Oh, my God, Star Wars hype was 2015. And that's not here right now. Yeah. And, they'll be, and the Call of Duty thing, I think there's a different audience. 
I don't think that's the same people. So, like, the Call of Duty sales are stronger because... Yeah, I don't think it's, like, taking away from no, Battlefront No, I don't think those anything. are the same people. Yeah. I think those are... There's a, there's a different crowd. Yep. And I think that crowd... The thing about the Call of Duty crowd is I think they have learned to buy what they are sure they want. Yep. And clearly that was not Infinite Warfare, and this time they liked what they saw. I think, yeah. I think that's a different audience, so, like, you can't judge it. But I do think Battlefront was going to be lower anyway... I think if the loot box thing hadn't been there, I think they would have broken a million, um, at least. They would have got, been up in the one one point one million range. It's only like eight hundred eighty k. Eight hundred eighty two thousand yeah. for the first month, which is that's that's low. Um, but just still, by most game standards, would be like good. Woohoo! But, they'd be dancing in the streets, right? But it's like this is battle. I mean, when you sold yeah. one point eight million the last time yeah. out, that's yeah, a, that's crazy. a massive drop for sure. Um, so I think it's a combination of the loot box controversy plus. Uh, like the iron's just not hot there right now, you know. And Which maybe... is shocking because the movie's like a week away. Yeah, you know? but then this November was a much bigger movie November than. Uh, I also 2015. feel like the marketing for the new film just—I haven't been inundated with it yet. Well, that's because it's not. That's because basically you couldn't flood that too much because you had Thor and Disney right. had to make money on Thor. Disney's right. still the distributor for both these movies. Justice League took up a chunk of that. Then you got Coco, another Disney movie they want families to go to before Star Wars comes out. Right. Like, there's a lot more happening movie-wise in November this year than there was November 2015. I'm guessing tomorrow during NFL football. Oh, they're going to blitz I'm just going to get bombarded with it, which oh, I am yeah. 100% okay with. The so. blitz is on. Yeah. And it's not on the field. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, it's... No, it's going to be big. And then, like, the, the, the Last Jedi content's hitting Battlefront 2, and you're starting to see... You saw ads for that during uh, the Game Awards. I think you're going to start seeing it during NFL games and such. And as people see the movie and go, oh, yeah, I want to play it, like that, you might see some things pick up a little bit. But I think... I stand by my claim that Battlefront 2 is going to sell significantly less than Battlefront 1. If people want well, I think you're on track. If people <laughs> want to sure. pretend that that's because loot boxes, fine. I don't think that's correct. But, like... it's part of it. It's but... part of it. It, but I don't think it's the majority of it. Uh, it certainly didn't help yeah. at all. Um, yeah, people with fence sitters are probably the ones that are like, eh. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it might have also been a, a combination in a lot of cases. I'm sure it's like, you know, maybe you've got a guy who's, you know, a casual fan, maybe like, oh, maybe I should, calls up his gaming buddy and is like, uh, like that's you know, what I, happened to like, me. Yeah, yeah should I get, buddy, should I get this? I don't know if I want that. And they'll be like, loot boxes, and like, you know, that's well, my the buddy's end of that, wife texted you know? me, and like, I trust me. When I go home for the holidays and hang out with him, he will have played it already, mm-hmm. and he will not mention loot boxes at yeah, all. He won't even know they're he there. He won't even know that they're there. He'll be like, oh, I got free stuff. Cool. Yeah. Like, the one thing care. I will say is uh, I am surprised and pleased uh, that the expansion, co- free expansion content includes more campaign. Yeah. I did not expect that to be a thing. Yep. Well, now they're trying to, like, put some salve on the wound. Right. <laughs> they're so, going to do whatever they can. Like, they're saying now that... Uh, the loot boxes may never come may never back. Never come back, yeah. Which would probably be a smart move. All right, let's see what else we got here, sifters. Uh, damn boy, ninety. Uh, what are both your plans over the holidays after the low key Thanksgiving? Get a little personal here. Hmm. Uh, usual Christmas stuff. Are you Not staying really sure. here? Or are you going up north? Um, I'll probably be going up north at least briefly. Yeah. So we'll see. So, uh, this will be, so I'm going home for Christmas, I always do, uh, back to central Pennsylvania. I'll probably go to Philadelphia for a little bit this holiday season because, as I've talked about before, a really close friend of mine passed away recently, and I'm kind of concerned about his wife and kids uh, Mm. over the holidays, so I'm going to try to go spend a little bit of time with them, maybe take them out to dinner, 
uh, take his sons out to do something fun, maybe. Um, then I have other family that live on the western side of Pennsylvania. I'll have to see them as well. Um, and then the most important thing is that this is my 10th wedding anniversary coming up. My wife and I got married on December 28th, and it will be 10 years this December. So I'm very happy and proud about that. I cannot believe it's been 10 years, but it has. So uh, You got married back, back east, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah in I, Hershey, Pennsylvania. I, that's right. I couldn't get there. Yep. That's right. Hershey PA, we had a... It smells like chocolate. It does, yeah. We had, we actually had like their mascots at our wedding, like a Mr. Goodbar came to our <laughs> wedding and like a Hershey's Kiss came to our wedding and we're like out on the dance floor, like break dancing and everything it was fun. Uh, so yeah, I have a crazy... I mean, the other thing too is I never have a vacation, so I have to try to squeeze everything into mm -hmm. like eight or nine days. It's going to be nuts. Uh, but I'm really excited about it. So thanks for asking. Hope you guys all have a great and safe holiday season as well. Is there going to be a lot of snow usually? Yeah, there's usually snow there when we go. Yeah. Um, if not, it's just it's bone chilling cold right. at the very least. But usually, that's why the dirt was one of those places where like the snow doesn't happen until like early. No, no, early. It, it snows there. Yeah, I mean we get a white Christmas two out of every three years mm -hmm. probably. But if even if it's not snowing, it's bone ass cold. Right. I'm going to freeze my LA butt off out there. Uh, let's see. Erebus Jones, Shane, have you dropped off COD World War II? Or are you still playing it in short spells? I have not played it here for about a week and a half. But uh, I'll, get, I'll get back to it. I'll, I'll keep playing it. Um, Kevin Rafa, could Activision ever release Call of Duty in a different month than November? Nope. No. <laughs> I mean, they could, but they could. They it would won't. be a huge mistake, yeah. and they know it, and they won't. Uh, everybody they've, they've knows. They've conditioned that audience to know that's when it happens. And everybody knows. Them. First week in November, COD week, period. Yeah. And Activision knows it, and they know it, and yeah, they're never going to abandon that. Unless they have a disastrous development cycle and the game isn't done in time. Yeah, I just don't. Which they're, I don't see They're happening. kind of a finely tuned machine It's a machine, yeah. Yeah, so I don't see that ever happening. Um, let's see what else. Thanks for the uh, anniversary wishes, everybody. I appreciate it. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit here and see if there's some other ones. Uh, the Legacy. What is your take on the Kotaku story about Wolfenstein's difficulty and the backlash it has received? FYI, Fincher is directing World War Z 2. Oh, that so is there's a, a sequel coming, Matt. That is a hard pass. <laughs> yeah, sure, that will make you real happy. Not a David Fincher fan. Uh, I think the article that he's referring to... I didn't think it was Kotaku, though. I thought it was another publication. And basically, one of their writers, and I'm assuming this is what he's talking about, writers wrote that he played it on easy, and he finally enjoyed it playing it on this easy, diff mm. easiest difficulty setting. And people went after him, saying, oh, you, if you can't be a journalist reviewing games if you have to play a game on easy to enjoy the game. Now we're back on this Cuphead thing again? Kinda, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen, I didn't play it on easy, but uh, I know a few people I know, there are a few people I know who are not bad at games by any means, and they switched to easy and had a much better time playing it, because it is a hard game. It's, it it's, is, as games yeah. go, it is hard, and part of that is because uh, it doesn't do a very good job of giving you feedback on when you're getting hit. Yeah. Uh, you and in the really early going, it's so easy to die, like literally yeah. a couple bullets and you're dead, and um, it's also kind of like, the game feels like it kind of encourages the like rah, rah dual wield go crazy thing, and then like and if you do that, you're basically going to get your you ass killed. Like, no, you're yeah. right. I think it is like a contradiction of 
the game's messaging versus mm -hmm. what you need to do to be successful yeah. at the game. I mean, I didn't find it that difficult, but I've run into enough people that I know are not bad at things to, that are like, oh, I thought that was really hard. That, like, it must be harder than normal for a lot of people. Some parts aren't that hard, but then mm -hmm. there's just these certain sections, like the one section that I played uh, on the Patreon drive stream. Mm -hmm. It's just this one room where you got drones flying on the outside and like literally a room flooded with like 16 guys. And I'm like, okay, I could basically get hit by literally probably like four or five bullets before I'm dead. And so I'm like, how do I manage 16 guys, these drones? How can I find a place where I'm not going to get hit four times? Yeah, and and, the, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's... But there's, a, there's something to be said for games like that, too. Yeah, it all I mean, depends it, on what you like. It's like... I forgot what I was going to say about that, but... Uh... And yeah. I found, like, a corner where I could basically hide, where I could only have enemies coming from, right. like, this oh, they, much. The other thing is, like, you know, they, they did a good job making the enemies unpredictable. They don't yep. do the same thing over and over again. You're right. But that also makes those bottlenecks harder, because you, right. you can't rely on anything, on anything to yeah. be the way it is. And flying enemies in, in uh, shooters are just always a pain mm -hmm. in the butt. And those things go like this, and then they go like this, and then they go like this. And uh, you're then you're worried about them while you've got, like, 10 dudes rushing in on you. Uh, like I said, there's something to be said for games like that, where you have to really just mm -hmm. knuckle down and get it done. And uh, it was rewarding when I finally beat that level. I'll say that much. Um, and I think it's that whole struggle versus mm -hmm. reward thing that we've talked about yeah, with Bloodborne and all that I also think, I also think there's an stuff. element of, like, I don't think that game gives you enough... And I'm not... I don't have a problem with it, really, but I don't think that game gives you enough feedback... Uh, when you're getting low on life, yeah, uh, and I think we're used to kind of the Call of Duty thing where you know the the the, it all the red, irising of the yeah, lands, yeah. everything is red. In fact, Agents of Mayhem just at, in one of the recent updates added they had the same problem. Like you would get real low on health, there was no indication beyond the number, basically, or the bar or whatever that would tell you you're about to die. And so they added kind of you know the 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 red, you know the red like pulsing thing or whatever to make to give you a better visual because and I think we've been. And maybe this is the fault of modern game design, but like we, I think we've been conditioned over the last 10, 15 years to kind of stop looking at the HUD no, you're right. on a regular basis. You yeah, know? I don't look at like my health anymore. Yeah, like, not, I like to play the old Doom game where you have to keep checking the guy's right. face to see if he's too bloody or not or if he's happy. Right, know? right. It's like it's not, um, we don't do that anymore because we yeah. just assume the game's like ambiance is going to give it. Yeah, to and, like, you know, and yeah. then Wolfenstein 2 doesn't do that. It's old school in a number yeah. of ways ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and I think some people will appreciate that about it, and I think some people maybe who only been playing games for the last 10 years or so, maybe. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was like, oh, okay, I gotta pay attention to the health of this. Like, I, you know, yeah. I, I learned, uh, but I totally understand where people would be like, why should I have to keep looking at that number when it could, the game could easily just tell me right. through an effect that I need to be careful now. We should answer the question, though, because this journalist has been getting lit up mm. over this, and, uh, look, my opinion is they should just leave him alone, like... Just because he enjoyed himself more playing a difficult game on easy does not mean he's he or she, I don't even know what, whether it's a, a guy or a girl, he or she is worthy of reviewing games or not. Yeah, I mean, all you have that's to do insane. is tell me that, and I have information about the game. Like, that's the point. You're supposed to give me information about the game and your experience playing it. Whether you're good at it doesn't matter. And in fact, the fact that you maybe aren't good at it is, is also still valuable information. Right. It could be valuable to someone else who is also not good at shooters. So maybe but is interested in the premise. Because you're right. I mean, that game's been marketed as like this run and gun, like, ch -ch -ch, let's yeah. go. But you really can't play the game like that. Yeah, you can't that. play that game like Duke Nukem. No. Like it doesn't work But that that's way. how the marketing right. for that game has been. It's like, just lock and load and mow. Well, and also, that's I mean, how you it, play it. It's how the premise like makes you feel like you, I mean, it's Nazis. You want to yeah. just you you mow them away. <laughs> 
like, so yeah. it's uh, it's 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 a little bit of a, a maybe I guess you'd call it a tone problem to some yeah. degree. But like, yeah, I get what, where they're coming from. I don't think that if you want to play it on easy, as long as you tell me you did, right? I'm fine with that. Yep. It's like a, I always play on normal. Always, you always know I'm going to mm-hmm. play on normal. And in my opinions, always come from normal. All right, maybe one more. Um. What's that shirt you're wearing? Dag Nasty. It's a it's a hardcore band from. Uh, I see somebody else answered you already. It's a hardcore band from Washington D.C. from my early skate days. One of my favorite uh, hardcore bands of all time. Actually, just saw them in L.A. with our buddy Corb and Jason mm-hmm. Chung uh, this past weekend. So love them. If you guys like punk hardcore music, check them out. They're one of the best ever. Let's see if we find one more gaming question. Uh. They're surprised you're not a Fincher fan. Hmm. I think Zodiac's a great movie. Everything else he makes, I find mediocre to terrible. Oh. Uh, okay, here's one, one thing, last thing we'll talk about before we move on. So Mar- I don't know if you saw this or not, but Marcus and Cola Moriarty, Moriarty have like been going at it. Like mm-hmm. hardcore on Twitter. Um, and is a... Like arguing, not yes. like making out. No, no. <laughs> No, like going after each other, okay. like tooth and nail going after each other. Uh, and then a subtext to that is Colin has invited me on his show mm-hmm. to record this coming week. Um, and Marcus said just, man, he just unloaded on him. And you can guess the type of things that Marcus said to him because they have different political ideologies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marcus went after him, too. And Marcus was kind of the one who started the whole thing. And then they just started going back and forth in his well, turn. salty Welshman. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's what we love about him. Yeah, so so I am I am going to go on college show, by the way. Um, I know there's like a big dust up with Brandon Jones going on his show and like some of their his patrons were like, oh, we're going to bail if you go on the show. I think that's insane. Um, I'm going, you know, I feel like you should separate politics from video game discussion. And one thing I would say about Colin is that he and I are kind of the same in a lot of ways when we talk about games because both of us kind of have the ability to find the faults in games. We're not afraid to talk about them. We're kind of old school journalists in that way. Um, we're not kind of a part of the, the new like influencer thing where everything's awesome and we're going to find something good to say about this game no matter what. And we're going to leave out the flaws in our discussion. I mean, both of us kind of do that. We're both that way. And Colin's that way. Um, and I think that's why he was kind of a square peg and a round hole kind of funny. Uh, it's because those guys are kind of funny. I mean, people like that style of games coverage, and I totally get it. But they're almost always universally positive. They're always trying to find a positive angle. They're never really looking for issues or concerns. Well, it's not. It's not criticism what they do. It's. It's. It's really not. It's enthusiast. Yeah. Which is totally feedback. Fine. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not criticizing them for how they do their coverage. It's great. Obviously, it's working for them. They're crazy successful. But I'm a lot like Colin in how he evaluates mm-hmm. games, and I feel like it would be an interesting discussion for us to talk about that and whatever else he comes up with. So I'm going to do his show. Um, Mark, and, and so I had made the decision to do the show already, and then Marcus and him starts getting into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, and I don't even know what to make of it. It's like, to me, I can separate someone's political beliefs from discussing video games. It doesn't need to come into it at all. Um, and I understand, like, the political climate right now is very divisive, and people have kind of chosen sides, and it's like us against them, no matter which side you're on. Uh, but when I'm talking about video games, it isn't, to me, it isn't an us versus them thing. It's just us talking about video games. So, 
Uh, look, if Kyle starts talking about politics on the episode I'm on, then there might be an issue, but I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think it is. I think we're going to talk about games. We're going to talk about Patreon. We'll probably talk about the Game Awards or Game of the Year or whatever. So I'm doing the show. Marcus may hate me for doing it. I don't know. Um, but I am going to go and, and talk to Colin about video games. So there you have it. Uh, let's see. Anything left to wrap up before we go? Again, our last regular episode of the show for the year. Um, we just selected... This month's loot box winner. We just selected the next contestant on Beat Shane. Uh, those are surprises. I know we selected the loot box winner on the show. We got a lot of complaints about that last time. It took too long and it was awkward and whatever. So I just did it on my own and reached out to them. So the loot box is going out. The next Beat Shane contestant is coming in. I'm not going to tell you who it is or what we're playing, but we're lining it up right now for to do that next week. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I think that's it, man. It's been a great year at Game Face. Uh, next week, we'll be back probably on Friday at our usual Friday 1 o'clock time for our Game of the Year Award. So I'm going to try to dedicate a lot of time to playing games, getting at least 15 to 20 hours in on Horizon, I promise you. So that's it. Everybody have a great week, and Game Face is up and out. Out. <laughs>